the What Are You Doing Movie Archives. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Down In Front. Our movie this week is, finally, Die Hard. It had to happen eventually. One of these days. I was going to do it. (laughs) Before we get started, we'll talk about who's at the table. Melon Farmer. Melon Farmer. Monday to Friday. We'll get to Melon (laughs) Farmer. Before we get to this Melon Farming commentary, go ahead and pop in your DVD, press play, press pause when the 20th Century Fox logo fades to black. First frame you perceive of all black. Press pause in a second. I'll say three, two, one. Unpause. I'll press play. You'll press play, and we'll watch the movie together in perfect sync. It'll be like any other commentary, except of course this time with more friends in your head. Brian, how do you feel about Die Hard? It's great. It's a classic. It's one of those like hey, what can you say? Uh, I can't. He's stamping me so much. <laughs> he's, he's he's making it up as he goes. How about Die Hard, sir? It's great. Uh, although I say I will say that uh, I'm much more familiar with Die Hard with a Vengeance, and I love Die Hard with a Vengeance. Uh, dearly, you but know, you I can't... love Die Hard with a Vengeance too. Just not the sequels. <laughs> <laughs> I love Die Hard with a Vengeance with a Vengeance. Okay, um, okay. but I also I do I do love Die Hard. As, of course, it's a classic, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I skipped something at the table with me today, <laughs> Mr. Brian Fenifer. Hey, Mr. Dorkman Scott. I was gonna say that's who that was. That's yeah. the Amazing Stoke. How you doing, Dorkman? How do you feel about Die Hard? Um, actually, you write screenplays. You like movies. Surprisingly, no. But um, you've got to love Die Hard. V, I do. I do. I well, I, I definitely. I've only seen. <laughs> I've only seen this one once. I've I've actually the same way. I'm much more familiar with Die Hard with a Vengeance. I don't know how it happened. Um, it just I it I think it came out yeah. in theaters when I was kind of right on on in theater, able to go to the theaters in theater of my mode, own recos- yeah. recognizance. And yeah. whereas, this one, um, this one I finally got around to seeing. I watched this one and Die Hard two back to back one night, and um, I I like this movie. I get this movie. Like I get why it's so like. I get why it became like the thing to pitch. Why it became Die Hard and you know on a battleship, Die Hard, ship, in a Die Hard in a, yeah. And someone finally did pitch Die Hard in a building to, famously to to the guy who to wrote the Die guy Hard. Who wrote Die Hard. <laughs> Stephen DeSalle talks about how an executive wanted him to write. Like, Why don't you write something that's like Die Hard but in a skyscraper? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, dude. Yeah. Trey, but, how um, do you feel about yeah. Die Hard? I, Die Hard is, and again, I, I'm, <laughs> it's not so much how I feel about Die Hard, it's how I feel to discover I'm in a room with people that think Die Hard with a Vengeance was not, like, a drink coaster. Trey I mean, will what, didactically lay you out. Why on, why on earth, oh, of all movies, to, to like those, but anyway. Well, I, I mean, first exposure, there's something to be said, and for me, that Fair was enough. my, that was, that was my first exposure, Likewise. not and only to the, the, the Die Hard Sam series, Jackson, but right? to Samuel yeah. L. Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. Which I can sort so. of see, like, okay, that I can get. He made that get. movie work, but, in uh, my opinion. For me, that was when, uh, that was uh, the, the jumping of the shark, was, uh, two was acceptable. But there's a good reason for that, too, that yeah. we can get to after we Two was acceptable, three and four were just like, okay, stop making these you really need to quit but we'll get into that the fact that but die hard 2 is acceptable to you blows my mind <laughs> that's blows true. my mind Tra- oh so, Randy you're Harlan. a big fan of die we'll hard get there. but the the uh this is again a case where i'm gonna be the you know i'm the one who was here when i understand that you guys you know you weren't alive <laughs> i was i was five you're barely alive you know obviously you didn't get to see die hard in the theater and again it's akin to Star Wars. It's not quite as big an event as Star Wars, but but the for the, action movies, I the can multiple see how it would be, the multiple though, yeah. revelation of Bruce Willis, that guy from TV, can carry the a moonlighting movie like, guy. Yeah, the moonlighting guy can carry a movie like this because it was this movie was shaping up to be like, oh, that's gonna suck. That's gonna <laughs> suck so hard. Bruce Willis is doing an action movie. What the hell? Um, <clears throat> and then McTiernan, who wasn't really well known, I it wasn't his first film but you hadn't done much before this if anything and um and just how just sort of spectacular and how different it was 
now of course it's a formula. This is a this is a right, cookie this is how you make action. This movies is a, now. it became the stamp of how you make movies ever since. So if you see Die Hard now, you go, wow, it's just like all those other movies. But you just you 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 don't know what it's like when this was the first one that you ever saw that was made like this. This is Die Hard in a Die Hard. <laughs> this, was, this, this was like wow, this is really special. So it's 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 quite spectacular, and I. I God knows how many times I saw it in the theater and, and on video when it came out on video. And I've I've probably seen it more recently than anything else because it's been on cable interminably. It's never <laughs> not playing in heavy rotation on cable. And I just, I just know it so darn well. And as I usually am, I am Pete Christie. And as I usually do, <laughs> I know nothing about this movie. I thought you'd uh, seen it. I saw it least. once. I yeah. saw it once after. I didn't realize. I, I, I didn't grow up like... There's a that certain profane word that starts with a C that a lot of us didn't grow up knowing, so we don't have like a oh don't say that word kind of thing. I had the same thing with Die Hard. I didn't grow up around people that loved Die Hard. I wasn't in a world where Die Hard was a thing that you're supposed to watch like a holy grail of cinema. And it wasn't until talking to Trey where I was like, so Die Hard's like an alright movie. I thought it was just this thing that was like a thing. <laughs> and Trey, this was in a text conversation. What C word are we talking about? I'm gonna be distracted. The Charleston. Whole see you oh, next yeah. later. Pe- pe- nah, yeah. People see you don't, next time, people don't talk see about you the next Charles. later. See you, <laughs> see you next later. <laughs> yeah. D- Dude, Cunnel. Take that back right now. I cannot believe you said that in my presence. I'm you're, not having you're, it. You're right. Cunnel is a terrible I'm word. I'm not having it. <laughs> I have no idea what anyway, happened Anyway, so, you know, Trey shot at me with, with judgment rays until I watched it, and it didn't, it didn't <laughs> blow my mind. And rightly it, so. It, it didn't blow my mind. So this is cool, because I, th- I figure in most situations where there's a podcast where people are laying out how they feel about movies, everyone would be completely on board with Die Hard 125%. I thought and so, in this too, case, yeah. it's just Trey, and we're all like... Yeah, you're all like, yeah, yeah it's not that big a deal. Okay, so that being said... Yeah, I, I get it. I, I get think it'd it. be totally a generational thing. I mean, like I said, I'll, I'll give you... I'll let you have Die Hard with a vengeance, but wow. Okay, I, I, that just I, tells I, us, you know, generational I, I do feel things. like we're... Ready for an excellent commentary. So if you're ready, find out. go ahead it. and put your mouse or remote where it got to be. Three, two, one, and pause. Now, right off the bat, I have a story that I'm going to tell okay. that has nothing to do with the movie, really. But <laughs> but, no, but it'll be apropos. Who's the first person on screen? Now, you guys don't even know this. Uh, it's a foot with snow. No. <laughs> the first person on screen. Oh, the plane. When I saw this, hang on. When I saw this movie, it was 1980. We established, what, 88? Eight. I was just kind of barely sort of in the movie industry. Before that, I'd been doing mostly stage work okay and this movie was like the biggest thing and you had to go see it um and so i go to the theater and i sit down and here i'm watching this and it's like oh okay and then i immediately thought hey it's bob lesser because i just done a play with this guy this actor <laughs> this guy who's not bruce willis who's the first guy you see in this movie and i was like that's bob lesser i had just done a play with bob lesser um called to jillian on her 37th birthday um, which was the West Coast premiere of that play, which then went on to become a movie some years later with um, um, Michelle Pfeiffer, I think, was in it. I just want to say Bruce Willis with hair freaks me out. Isn't that kind of freaky? But anyway. yeah. This is what he looked like at the time. We were used to him looking like this at the time. But this is Bob. Bob is, you know, Bob gets Bob gets a role that's, uh, you know, a notable role. He's the guy who convinces Bruce Willis to take off his shoes, which is a major plot point um, in this little conversation. This is his oh, little yeah. moment. But um, I just done this movie with Bob. So I'm sitting in the theater totally taken out of the movie at the beginning because I was thrown by like, there's a guy in this movie I know. There's, I, I wonder if he's going to be in the rest of the movie, which of course he isn't. We never see him again. This is his last scene. And now we too can be taken out of the commentary. Exactly. But the other thing that was notable about that that play to Dillian on, on her 37th birthday, um, there was a young actress. There was a lot of actors in it that you'd see, that you'd recognize. But there was a young actress in there. I think she was probably about 14 at the time, give or take. Um, very talented young lady named Shawnee Smith who um, you may know from all those Saw movies that they keep insisting yep. on making, and from, from Becker. And, uh, that, yeah, that. Yeah. Saw and Becker. Saw and Becker. So, uh, so, but anyway, this is just my, my first experience of watching Die Hard was, hey, it's Bob Lesser. 
which I'm probably one of the few people that had that experience. <laughs> yes. That's now probably not a, what John McTiernan was carrying no, on. That's not what he's going for, I'm sure. Now, he's a, uh, it just like like we said, it's like now uh, this movie dates itself just from the fact that Bruce Willis has hair and no one freaks out that he has he's, a gun on a plane. Even when or he says, or they're smoking okay at the airport. Cop. Right, that too. <laughs> In L.A., smoking at the L.A. at LAX, yeah, which, by the way, is tiny as hell in this movie. Smoking anywhere in L.A. Yeah. Well, of course, L.A. in, in most modern movies is played by the L.A. L.A. airport is played by the L.A. Convention Center, uh-huh. which, you know, does not There's look no anything Johnson. 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 What's he? Wait, that's a name that I recognize. What's yes. that from? Uh, he's, he's Carl Winslow. Family Matters. And he's all, oh, he's he, Carl Winslow. He is, he is yeah. the black cop. He's the black yeah. cop. Anywhere you see him, yeah. he's the black cop. We saw him in, we, we watched some other movie. Ghostbusters. Yep. He's the it's worth mentioning cop. that the Nakatomi Tower is actually the Fox headquarters building. It is, in fact, the yep. Fox headquarters to this day. It's, it's, you just you drive around LA and you're like, that's the diehard building. Yeah, that's actually Nakatomi Plaza, right? No, that's there. just a fucking building on the Fox lot that they use because they William own Atherton. it. Holy shit. That's right. It's a Ghostbusters reunion, right? Exactly. William Atherton, this is the 80s when William Atherton owned. Corporate douchebag. Uh-huh. He was, you know, there was real genius. There was Ghostbusters, and there was this. And this was guy more. looks like he's the corporate douchebag. Well, this is this is hard. This wow. is he's going for the Walter Peck. Here, and again, right? you yeah. kids today, you don't know. This is Hart Bachner, <laughs> who had, who was a heartthrob before this. This uh, was kind of like, oh, Hart, Bach- Hart Bachner's kind of grown up and gotten all kind of paunchy and bearded. You uh-huh. know, this is kind of like his last hurrah. Hart Bachner was, you know, the 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 hunky guy from the for the previous like five or six years. Of nice long history. shot right there. A nice, like a nice walk through all the way around. Yeah, to get to, I mean, that's that's very smart as well. It's like we talked about with uh, Titanic. Almost, he just gave us the entire uh, geography yeah, of this. He laid it out. Place. There's the main room, the atrium, yeah. and then there's the offices here in the back, and so on. Now, people talk about Die Hard as being this perfect movie, and I guess we, I I, I agree based on trade judgment rays. But I'm assuming, Trey, you assume this is a perfect movie. It absolutely is a perfect movie. and uh, I mean, clearly it became a formula, so it, it must have done something right. right. It can't. It can't it, it's, it's hard to think of a movie. Ooh, look at the anamorphic flaring yeah, out there. Very nice. It's, it's hard it's to think of a movie. It'd be funny if it were just painted that it's way. Hard to think of a movie, it's hard to think of a movie that would rate higher on the perfection scale than this movie. And as we, and as we, as we have talked about many times, and, and you guys can certainly be the illustration of it, you don't have to love the movie. To call it a perfect movie, um, you just have to admit that you know, be aware that it that everything the, it sets yeah, up. The parts are the parts this are all there. This definitely does not leave anything out. Yeah. I think. Now, now the thing that that this movie did, and I don't want to start open the can of worms too early about you know why Uh-oh. this one's the better one, but, <laughs> but the reason that this one works so strongly and why the second one kind of sort of works, um, although admittedly not nearly as good as this one, is is that the shocking thing about this movie and what many 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 imitators completely missed when they tried to do die hard and of this die hard and of that Uh-oh. is this this movie is character driven mm-hmm. all this crazy shit that goes on is because John McClane is trying to get back together with his wife. He mouths off to her, and then he spends the rest of the movie trying to get back together with her so he and save her life. <laughs> because he doesn't want that to be the last thing that happened between them, which, whichever one of them might die. So it's all about him trying to save his wife. He doesn't care about what Hans Gruber's doing. He doesn't care about stopping Hans Gruber. He doesn't care about what the terrorists are trying to do or not trying to do. He's trying to get his wife out of the building. That's what drives him to do all the crazy shit he does. And so many movies missed that and just had we'll have a guy who just starts leaping off of buildings and tying right. ropes to himself and does all kinds of superhuman stuff. This movie is very carefully set up to show that he doesn't want to do a single thing that he does <laughs> in this movie and he doesn't do any of it particularly well. You know, he gets the shit beat out of him in the process, but he just won't stop. That's the only thing. He's a diehard. There you go. There's your title. <laughs> uh-huh. But, you know, it's not that he's a hero or that he even cares what's going on. He just wants to get his wife out of this damn building. 
It's very much like Jaws in that respect, where what separates Jaws and makes Jaws Jaws, as opposed to all the other lousy B movies out there, is that it is character driven and the characters are done well, and yeah. their relationships and their their reasons for doing things are done well. John McTiernan, by the way, had a strange double. I only think he did it twice, but his, the movie that he did not long after this, if not immediately after this, was Hunt for Red October, which features. Uh, Alec Baldwin traveling around the world with what looks like that same damn teddy bear. <laughs> He's trying to get – both movies are about a guy trying to get a teddy bear to his daughter. And I, it, I swear it's played by the same teddy bear in both movies. And it, I don't know if John McTernan had a thing for that teddy bear or what's going on. But, but this um, this also was uh, the big introduction of John McTernan, who I don't know what else he would have done before this, if anything big. Um, but this just totally put him on the map. This was like, oh my god, I'm And I believe uh, the next movie that he did, unless I'm totally wrong, and it was the previous movie he did, and I could be very wrong. It might have been his previous movie was Predator. Um, it was either immediately before or after. I think Predator was. I think it was '86. So yeah. yeah. So, so Predator was yeah. like the you know he already was then he already was on the map, and this was his you know magnum opus. Th- this, like, oh, this this was his. That was not a fluke. Yeah. No, this guy's <laughs> good. And then after that was Hunt for Red October, and and a number of other action flicks. And then he kind of stumbled with, uh, and he also did. Uh, Rennie Harlan did the second Die Hard. Yeah. McTiernan came back and did the third Die Hard. Didn't he do the fourth as well? Um, I no. never no. Um, oh no! Shit. The guy it that was, did Underworld, it was the Underworld uh, guy, Len yeah. Wiseman. Yes. yes. Yeah. I didn't even bother to watch the fourth one all the way through, so I don't remember who made that one. The but. fourth one was rough. Yeah. I don't think the fourth one anyone's going to disagree with. Di- According to IMDb, Die Hard was his third movie after Predator and before that, Nomads in 1986. Oh, okay, which I was followed vaguely by, aware of. Yeah, followed by uh, Red October and then Last Action Hero. Last Action Hero. Die Hard with a Vengeance, Thomas Crown Affair, and... Thirteenth uh, Warrior. Rollerball. He was responsible he for Rollerball. Roller oh. Yeah, he, oh, d- he had a heyday, but then... And Thirteenth Warrior was definitely... Uh, although I like Thirteenth Warrior. I like Thirteenth Warrior, I enjoy Thirteenth Warrior a lot, but that was the kind of a career killer. Um, anyway, so McTiernan, uh, you know, there he is. More, more geography laying out. More geography yeah. laying out. And of course, it's all real geography. And never has has Hollywood and Los Angeles looked more orange than it does in this movie. Well, until uh, Michael Bay came along. Yeah, this is the yeah, – it, although – I don't know. A few weeks ago, it was this really windy, stormy afternoon for some reason. I don't know what was going on. And but it was orange? We have to admit – It was. It was, like huh. this, it was like this weird – like almost like there was a wildfire going on nearby, yeah. but I don't think there was. As we all live here, we have to admit to those who have never – Well, look at the blue out the back yeah, window. It's, it's like – Little, they only managed the the orange out the front too. Did yeah. we cover who directed? Because they would have had a roto him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was I was looking up what uh, McTiernan did. Did we cover who directed Die Hard too? Reddy Harlan. Reddy Harlan. Harlan, who has done jack shit. No, he oh, did. Uh, Reddy Harlan is huge. He did. He did uh, Deep Blue Sea. He did Cutthroat Island. He did uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. He did. Uh, well, uh, Exorcist: The Beginning, Exorcist the, the Covenant, beginning, yeah. Cleaner, yeah. and Twelve Rounds. Yep. Well, jack shit lately. But. He mar- <laughs> <and> he mar- <laughs> yeah, not lately. He hasn't done much. Well, but, before Die Hard two, all he done was uh, Nightmare on Elm Street four. Correct. Was that a big Nightmare on Elm Street? That was a good one. So this guy sounds like he's pretty shit. I'm not well, hearing any good movies on there. I was going to say that's why I was like, he doesn't look yeah. like he's done anything. No, he's a he's a you know, he's done lots of stuff. They're just not necessarily good. Yeah. <laughs> I was watching I was watching Deep Blue Sea last night, and boy, that's a that's a huge budget piece of. Shit. He's Finnish. I love Finnish. and he's also I love the fact and he also that he's a long kiss goodnight because he married, of course. The chick from the Look, fly. I love how he's basically. Oh, Gina Davis. Gina Davis. He's Gina Davis. Just was Gina having Davis a, having husband. a laugh at. Uh, uh, touch screens. He's like, oh, cute toy. Yeah. Meanwhile, we're over here with our iPhones. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. This is this is pretty. Even this was clearly a cartoony 
version of a touchscreen even then. I mean, this is a movie. I've, this is that a movie touchscreen. That, touch that looks pretty. I've worked touchscreens like that. Yeah, that, though, looks, back that doesn't in the look day. bad. Yeah, but it's it's definitely crafted for the thing. The it, there's. Oh, a, sure, I always thought yeah. there was a funny save the anti save the cat with this because this this security guard here who's got two lines and then gets his head blown off. That's his <laughs> part in this movie. Um, there's a, sort of an anti save the cat because really the only thing this guy does is he makes a stupid joke right there. Where he goes, "Yeah, the fiddle." Find your zipper for you. It's like, yeah, okay. Now I feel okay that this guy's gonna get shot in the head. <laughs> How is that okay. even funny? That doesn't even make yeah, sense. Yeah, it's like it's like, wow, dude, that was so bad. I don't care that Alexander Goodenough is gonna blow your brains out in ten minutes. Uh-huh. That's okay. In fact, I'll cheer. Yeah, I'll be okay <laughs> with that. I'll live with that. Or bite your head off, man. Now this, as you were mentioning before, this is Fox Plaza, which still exists, and the which reason they were building at the time, which the that's and that's why it's yep. the, it's the <laughs> star it of the wasn't movie. Wasn't completely operational. Yeah, because it literally <laughs> could play the role of the office building because the upper floors were still under construction. And they shot at it so because they, shot, they didn't sh- have they to pay to shoot They shot the interiors there. there as well. They yeah. shot several wow, interiors, quite nice. a few interiors, yeah. As with many other movies, um, Fight Club included, they shot there because they own it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Guess what? We own it. We don't have to pay it here. No, yeah. but I'm sure they still charge themselves. What brilliant that's how That's how they work. <laughs> yeah. No, no. That, yeah. Seriously, One though, department definitely charges another, yeah. yes. but It's it's out of one pocket and into the other, and oftentimes it'll be the case. Because, because but usually not, so, this much, is, not so much markup. That's it's the, the no, way no. they can claim that the movie didn't make any right. money. Right. That's how they claim the movie didn't make any money, because what they'll do is they'll they'll rent they'll, they'll rent a location that they own to themselves, but two different departments, right? So the one department will invoice the other. The other department won't pay. So then they'll tack on like late fees and shit like that to the other department the other department will will then pay but not the late fees so it's accruing interest so like that's how you get a, a movie that made a hundred million dollars only cost 30 you're still able to say on paper no it didn't make any money <laughs> because you've you've put all that money into other pockets and charged yeah. the shit out but of it. Your, but within your, right. your own company but within right. your own company yeah. exactly by the way there was that featured uh, that featured gal in the window who later is going to be you know our, our one little flash of of Sexual titillation is her little topless scene coming up in a few minutes, and as as you know, whenever you see that character in a movie, you can be pretty sure, and you can be sure in this case that she was whatever that year's playmate of the year was, because <laughs> <laughs> that's who that is. Uh, that's that's the playmate of a recent year or a month or whatever. So Kim Mallon, I think. But um, it was like, oh, okay, there's that Playboy chick, and she's she's gonna do the topless shot, and then that's out of the way. Got that taken care of. Now, as I was mentioning before, um, this. It's, I don't know. How does this feel to you guys? Uh, cocaine. How does this feel to you guys? Like the, the idea is, does, that, does this seem anachronistic? Does it seem what? unrealistic? The, the, co- the, the cocaine guys and like, The guy's like, you know, yeah, cocaine and zoos there. The guy's like that's doing seems, blow off his that's, boss's that's, desk. That's pretty 80s to I, me. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it's, it yeah. clearly says 80s, but I, I – It's the context. I mean, it's not just – I'm more worried about not, the psych, to be honest with you. <laughs> it's a good psych. It's not it's just doing painted. blow. It's a huge psych. It doesn't seem like it's – Lit right or something. It's, it says like to me. Not yeah, it looks background. like a painting. Yeah. More, well, it's a, it's it's, okay. it's almost certainly a trans like. But yeah, it's not just doing the blow. It's all the other trappings of the eighties. The beard, the suit, and the beard, the, the suit. The, you know, he's walking around going, the "Oh, Holly went to fax some documents," and you're like, "Fax? <laughs> Come on!" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the fact that she went to fax. Right. Exactly. Like she, <laughs> she had to leave the, her own office to, to. How many faxes does this rich company have? Yeah. Oh boy, man. It's like going to the Xerox room, which yeah. you used to have to do. Oh, know? he's teasing you. Nobody has two nobody faxes. has two faxes, honey. <laughs> the reveal of her in the beginning. Was supposed to say something, I guess, because it was like following this whole thing, and then she turns around into frame, and it's that whole moment. But I don't recognize her. Did she just kind of 
or did I just miss all the other movies she was in? She's she's Bunny Bedelia was a known actress. She wasn't like a big big star or anything like that. I think that. it was a, a the, more of a it was reveal. a character reveal. Just, not, yeah, not just to make sure, just to make sure she's stuck in our mind because we're sitting there going, "Who the fuck is that?" And yeah. then she turns around and you're like, "Oh, yeah. I don't know her." It's only, but, it's only, but you remember the character. It's later. only the scene right now. We go, "Oh, okay, they're married and separated." I get it. You know, that's that's who she's been talking about all this time, and that's who he's been talking about. All I wonder this time. if they have to pay like Montgomery Ward likeness rights for Santa Claus. I wonder if someone owns <laughs> Santa Claus, Coca Cola, maybe. Think so. By now, no. By now, no way. Now, there's a fun, there's a what I consider a blooper. Now, I've never, seen, I don't think I've ever seen this movie other than on the big screen, uh, on on this bigger screen because we have a lovely <laughs> television here in this room. This is the second biggest screen I've ever seen this movie on. <laughs> uh, so you got that going for you. There's a moment coming. It's actually several several story beats away. But when these when these guys actually finally come out of the truck in the um, in the basement, uh, there's something that we should look for at the time. Okay. Where did. Uh, do we know where Bruce? I'm sure some it's on Wikipedia or something. But I've always wondered where Bruce Willis got that scar on his, on his shoulder. On his arm. Yeah, because I've seen because uh, uh, fighting sharks. Yeah, the first. I mean, the first time killing, I, killing Nazis. Oh, it was probably it was probably shoulder surgery. Like he tore a, a ligament. A or something. Yeah, it looks, yeah. looks like but, a surgical scar. Um, because because I've always the first time I saw it was in uh, the Fifth Element, and I was like, is that makeup? Is that to show he's like a badass and like just secretly, <laughs> you know? It's an, yeah. Well, apparently yeah. I was because it, it's in every other thing, like like uh, Harrison Ford's yeah, scar on his chin. Who's, who's the guy like, that follows Harrison Ford around for thirty years putting that scar on his yeah. chin? <laughs> Don't you hell? know that guy? Well, we, we always <laughs> I know the guy who takes it away. When doing when doing the uh, the explaining away a real scar thing, we always forget to mention a very big one that apparently never made it into the discourse of that conversation. But fucking Mark Hamill. First thing oh, you yeah. see, he takes off his goggles and Empire, bam, face oh, yeah. womp, yeah. just done. Guess what? His face is fucked up for the rest of the series. Yeah, to cover the fact that he was in a car and, accident and eternity. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I know that's the thing. It's like it's <laughs> yeah. like for the rest of the time, no one ever mentions Mark Hamill, and I'm like, that's so clearly. He takes off his goggles, and the second he does, he turns around and yeah. Rest yeah. Of, don't because have to worry about making up his scar. And then, and, he's not and a pretty boy scar. And then after that, he's not only is he, is he scarred up, but he's hanging upside down, right, to further help you forget what Mark Hamill used to look like. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And then he's in the snow with a scarf over his face. And he's all purple. And yeah, I think he looked more manly after the reconstructive surgery, he did. though. He did. So I gotta, I gotta say, it probably worked out. Definitely looked more weathered. So this is this is a great little more weathered like a Time article. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like exactly like a Newsweek cover. I think this this is a great little and and actually I'm being distracted by the wallpaper in this room. <laughs> Holy mackerel! Talk about eighties, but. Um, but this is this is a very efficient, I think, little bit of screenwriting because in this one little conversation, and it doesn't go into great detail, um, you just sort of see what the issue is with these two, and it's over really quickly. But it's the thing that drives the rest of the MacGuffin for the rest of the plot. If that's kind of a misuse of the word MacGuffin, but it really is. Um, and in fact, there's one thing, and I, I I always have thought it's was an acting thing that either she Bonnie Bedelia either blew the line. I can't imagine someone actually literally wrote the line the way she says it because the way she says her line makes perfect sense emotionally but makes no sense whatsoever as a, as a line. Uh-huh. Um, he says, I don't think you know what, our, what, our, what I think our marriage should be. And she goes, I know exactly what your idea of our marriage should be. Mm-hmm. Which there's words missing from that right. sentence. <laughs> it doesn't make sense the way she yeah, says it, yeah. but emotionally, boy, you get it. Right. I mean, it's like, and I and I love the bit uh, again, uh, um, the emotional reality of it. Like as soon as she leaves, he starts banging his head against yeah. the wall because he's like, Fuck, he's like, I, I, came, I flew across the country to make up with her, yeah. and I just and I immediately it. start fighting yeah. with her because I know you know. I, I'm sure everyone knows yeah. so many relationships yeah. exactly and that's, like that, and, and that's they're, <laughs> they're not going to see each other again until five minutes before the end of right. the movie. That's it. <laughs> 
You know, that's that's what he's going out on. Is that's oh, that's what I did. That's what I'm a douchebag. Okay, so here's the thing. That's curious. Now, when the, the uh, when the Euro trash back up the truck here, um, they back it up, and the truck has this amazing way of flipping its tailgate out by itself, uh-huh. and they all come out of the truck, and we're going to look really closely at that scene. But first of all, the ballet dancer is going to shoot the guy in the head, and he's gone. Now I'm gonna. I, I don't want to reference other people's commentaries, but okay. but I will. <laughs> Someone else in some other commentary that I that I've seen um, likes to try and say that this black character here was the beginning of the nerdy programmer hacker character in movies. Huh. And I postulate because I was there. He's actually the end of the nerdy. <laughs> this guy was so shockingly cool for a computer hacker uh-huh. at the time. We're like, wow, he's well dressed. He's not doesn't have glasses taped he's together. He's talking about sports. He's talking about sports. He seems to be a full human being who probably has touched a woman. This guy is so <laughs> unlike any computer hacker I've ever seen in any movie ever made to this point. Okay, here we go. So he's what are actually, we looking for? He's actually super cool. Now, when the thing pops open and you see um, Snape come out, um, <laughs> now we look into the back of the truck. Yes, you can see all the way to the back of the truck, which strangely at the end of the movie will have an ambulance in it. <laughs> <laughs> there's wow. A, there's, a, there's a blooper there that, uh, you know, again, only people who watch movies 10,000 times notice. But later... Computer hacker, cool guy. I'm pretty sure a guy just ran into the wall just then. Yeah, yeah I saw that. Well, they are Euro- <laughs> they are European. But pretty soon, pretty soon, super hacker, cool guy. This guy will get into that same truck and back an ambulance out of it. <laughs> so I guess he's he's not only super cool. He's Kreskin. He's he's fucking David Copperfield. Yeah. Is Alan Rickman was awesome? he a thing? Be- yes. Okay. He, he was. Ne- you never seen that guy before in your life. Before so this movie. at this point, like oh, this un- made him un- yeah. until uh, I don't, you know I don't want to say Harry Potter because clearly. People have different experiences watching different movies, thinking someone's cooler or not cool, you know, depending on what they've seen. But for me, in the public discourse, with my lack of knowledge, the um, I didn't really think of him as a guy, though I had seen him until Harry Potter. Before now, that, I, I assumed he had a vagina. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, well, well I, fir- I first saw him in, in Dogma, in, in Dogma, where he didn't have genitalia. Do- so. That's true. Yeah, I, I bam. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. Yeah, do- Dogma was my first experience. Although, um, s- uh, several of my friends, uh. He, he was uh, Sheriff of Nottingham and uh, Robin Hood. Prince sure, yes, oh, and that's, yes, and that's, and that's a, a great, a great role. So. Another great role, which he got basically off of this one. It was great that he, he didn't come out of this to Hans Gruber. He came out of this much more bizarre, demented yeah. bad guy. I love that. That's not a great movie, but I love Alan Rickman's mm-hmm. role in it. Yeah, and he's, I mean, but, you know, he's the kind of guy who you you see him in, in stuff like Dogma and stuff. And I remember, so I was aware of him, and when, um, when Harry Potter was... was being shot and stuff like that and in between like when it started to be shot and when it uh when it was released i became a harry potter fan and so so after that point i was like who's doing this alan rickman hell yes yeah. you know somebody's doing something right <laughs> exactly. so he was he was there's certain like there's yeah. certain signals when you exactly. hear about movies <laughs> happening and when you something is announced you go okay somebody who knows what they're doing yeah. is in charge <laughs> yeah and so that's definitely one of so those it, so they, they, you know, they, they waited until Alan Rickman could play the role exactly. or whatever. Exactly. Then, then they knew what they were doing. So, but yeah, but this was him. You know, who's this guy? Who's this young skinny right. guy who we Meanwhile, figured? Meanwhile, Willis was on fucking Moonlighting. Exactly. Yeah. Willis was a TV star. Now, the other thing about this, this, you know, this, this was the little movie that could. Obviously, they had a budget, so it's not that little. But this was not a movie that had high expectations. They were hyping the crap out of this. The, the tagline was. Be prepared to be blown through the back of the theater. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm so sure the guy from Moonlighting is going to blow me <laughs> through the back of the theater. Well, he might blow you 
in the back of the you might theater. blow me in the back of a limo but i don't <laughs> know but it, it, it was a, that's actually Sybil Shepherd i'm thinking about but but yeah we had no expectations of bruce willis and and he you know the, the story goes that he pretty much insisted to the studio no i i want to do this role i can do this role you're gonna have to pay me a lot of money because <laughs> i'm gonna work really hard but uh you know it had paid off. You know, it was a huge thing. Made him an action star when he, before then, he was just a guy on TV who was, you know, a well paid guy on TV and a popular guy on TV, but you just did not think of him as a movie star. And, and, uh, just as shockingly. And, and the movie itself was just like, my God, that's the most amazing action movie I've ever seen at the time. This is one of those, it's like when we talked about an alien. I wish I could go back and see Alien yeah. absence of everything that yeah. has spawned it. I wish yeah. I could go back and see Die Hard. Absence of everything that has come after it. This, my, I saw this movie with my girlfriend at the time who was, you know, it, she was into cool stuff. I mean, she was not like, science fiction sucks. I mean, she actually liked science fiction. She was into fantasy stuff. Um, she was not that keen on seeing this movie. Um, when we came out of this movie, she wanted to punch Germans. She was ready <laughs> to, like, hit people with baseball bats. She was so charged up by seeing this movie. She was like, that movie was incredible. I'm like, okay, there you go. See, The 80s were not kind on the German. Name a decade that was the, 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 really? late, the late the late thirties. The late thirties, they were doing okay. Yeah, they did they did roll right through the forties, yeah. but the uh, the aftermath of that didn't work out so well for them. It's but they're doing okay now. Michael, do you agree when Trey says this is a perfect movie? I mean, do you, does this strike you as a perfect movie? Up, uh, yeah, I can't. Uh, I was, I mean, I was saying when we were talking about it, I can't think of anything that this leaves out. You know, it. it does everything that it uh, sets out to do, and and as you as we pointed out several times, it does it so well that everyone's like, "That's the way we're going That's to do how you it. Do it from now on. That's for, how we're going to do it for the rest of movie history." Brian, yeah, I agree. There's nothing it sets up that it doesn't pay off. Everything that uh, everything is thought out to its logical extent. This okay. If we establish this, this is the logical conclusion of that point. Yeah. There's a and, little there's a little moment coming up right here where, and this is also a, so McLean is and this hard to follow a little bit when i first saw it but they're about to come into the office where he is they get distracted because here's the playboy girl's got her tits out so there you go great we got that taken care of good um she's <laughs> thank you sweetheart checks in the mail say hi to Hef for me that's <laughs> and great that's a wrap and that's a wrap for the for the is. chick from playboy but um it always struck me that's that, a wrap on the twins that <laughs> the timing is a little strange because the, these guys have been firing guns for a good 30 seconds why is she still spread eagled on the table with her top off they must they she's were, one of those they were really going at it in there i guess it sounds like gunfire when i'm putting it to you on the table <laughs> Bow, bow, yeah. bow. Talk take, about, take that. Bang, bang, Talk bang. about banging. Yeah. It's like I can Contra hear fireworks Contra in my Contra. head. But yeah, not so, often you get to see girls of that caliber. Yeah. So what's great oh is... Oh, my God. What <laughs> you, yeah, what's your... Uh-huh, I, I see what you did there. But, but so, as you were saying... Not knowing Alan Rickman, not going. Oh, look! It's Alan Rickman in a movie. And he's just, going to. He's going yeah, to act he's, our faces. He's going to do an Alan Rickman thing. <laughs> this is when we first saw Alan Rickman do the Alan Rickman thing, and it was like, this guy's good. <laughs> I like this guy. Uh, and the fact that he is—he's a kind of a well, such as it is. He's, Rickman's kind of a well-rounded character. I mean, it's—it's it's the fact that. I'm trying to think of what 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 was an action movie before this movie. I'm trying to think of what would have been Logan's Run. Logan's yeah. Run. Yeah, that was also a sci-fi movie. That's what Hollywood thought sci-fi was too. Um, um, I'm trying to think but, of an archetype. But I the, mean, he's but, he's a very good ex- the Hans Gruber character here is a very good example of um, in in uh, writing and and constructing the the non-hero characters. It's like this is yeah. clearly this is clearly a villain who is the hero of his own movie. Absolutely, and yeah. and, and what I was getting at was. The idea that I can't think – I mean, there probably were examples, but I'm, I'm certainly not thinking of any – where 
this guy, this bad guy, isn't just hello, everyone. I'll be your bad guy this evening. He's you know his yeah. his plan will be revealed over the course of the movie, and it'll make sense once yeah. we hear it. We'll go. This is a pretty good plan. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's I get it. That's good. Pretty. If good. it weren't for John McClane, he'd yeah. get away with yeah, it. Yeah, that would have totally worked, dude. Yeah. <laughs> if, if it wasn't for you meddling, Bruce Willis. Yeah. <laughs> it's like if if you had come to me and said, "Here's my plan," I would have totally signed up. I yeah. would have said, "Absolutely." Bruce Willis isn't coming to the party, right? Yeah. So be in deep trouble then yeah because otherwise this would have gone like smooth as silk <laughs> he didn't miss a single thing in this so anyway so i mean and you know it was it wasn't until he showed up in something later that you know we realized he wasn't even german <laughs> it's like, it's like who's that german guy in Donnerhart? he's fantastic like, that was amazing he just he just freaked the guy out and just, just, and just the guy just stepped the guy stepped off just yeah. from a looking at him like, <laughs> Which is what, you know, he has that great thing. Even though he never, what's great about him is he almost never does anything. His lackeys do most oh. everything. But he, how he manages to project this intensity, although he, although he does anti-save the cat, he's going to blow, you know, Takagi's brains out. That pretty much establishes yeah. right from the beginning, you know, that he just so casually does it. And it's such a weird kind of shocking way that he does it. Yeah. So but from it, then on, you're waiting for him to do something else, which he never actually does anything else. But, but that, you know he can't. That's a, exactly. It's a great thing. Like, the thing about the, the villain is, you know, when his lackeys are crazy and doing all this stuff, it's like, all right, if they're that insane... And they're still listening to this guy. Like they're they're basically scared of yeah. him. Like yeah. we never even have to see him do anything. It's just like if they're scared of him, we have real good reason to be scared of him because we're scared of them. Well, that's the that's the the theory of villainy. If you want to, if you want to, in real life, if you want to play the bad guy in real life, then there's a theory that says you should play the bad guy. It's like you do a thing. Uh-huh. You do a thing where they you just make people so batshit scared of you. Uh-huh. Just by demonstrating right up front, this is how crazy I am. Uh-huh. Then you don't have to do anything after that. Right. <laughs> then you're okay because they've seen you do it the one time. So if you if you wanted to scare the shit out of somebody, then walk into their house and you know crush their dog with your boot, uh-huh. and then go, all right, let's talk about that money you owe me. You don't have uh-huh. to do anything else. You don't have to fight them. You don't right. have to shoot them. They're on board with your villainy. Yeah. They're, they're set. I was. Yeah. Uh, I'm just reading this book about like firsthand accounts of uh, police officers, and this one guy was like was told by his superiors, clean up this block with all these hookers going up and down. I don't care how you do it, just do it. But the guy is a decent guy and it doesn't want to actually do anything to harm it. So he said something, you know, he starts threatening and he's, you know, I'm going to break your leg. And he, but he never actually does yeah. it. And eventually yeah. the people are starting to wise up and go, he's not actually going to, or at least he worries it. So he, he gets his, him, him, and, him and his partner, it's like over a bridge. So they grab this other like hooker and they say, come down with us, help us look for this, this body. And they look for in the river under the bridge and go, oh, the body must be out in the in the in the ocean by now. We'll never find it. And Booker's <laughs> like, holy fucking Christ! Kill it. And they never actually had to do anything. It's just yeah. it was that one thing. Yeah. Well, ex- exactly. It's like you know, if you if you if you threaten without some kind of demonstration, like you know, when your mom says, "I'll kill you," you know she's not going to. Yeah. But if you had a little brother who she, she like whacked before your eyes, you'd behave from then on. <laughs> you'd, you'd totally behave. So that's kind of the theory that Hans Gruber is operating under, and a lot of tough guys are operating under. Is he's just the only thing he does wrong is he doesn't execute Takagi in front of everyone else. That would be the one extra detail. Yeah. Would just you know, if he'd like done this publicly so that everyone else could go, see how I just shot that guy right in the head and didn't even think about it. But then we lose our scene later where the guy's on the phone trying to negotiate and be all hot shot douchebag. Exactly right. I'm just, so if that guy had seen it, he would have been like, I'm, I'm not just going to shut the phone. I'm not saying it's a problem with the movie. I'm saying it's a problem with Hans Gruber's right. strategy but itself. At the, but at the same time, his strategy, he did need something from him. Well, he he doesn't, he doesn't, but the other thing is, 
and that's what what made this also kind of striking and unusual. And again, I can't remember what an action movie was like before this. But usually, bad guys were like, "I am the bad guy," and literally, they didn't have an inner life or a motivation. Right. And and Gruber Gruber doesn't want to kill Takagi. Would right. uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark count? Yeah, but that's supposed to be cartoony and Saturday morning serial. So so it's it's you know. Even even a movie that was supposedly serious, the villains often would be cartoon characters who were like, "I'm bad and I'm wearing a turban. Shoot me with impunity." Um, you know, Gruber is like, Gruber, "I don't speak English. Fire! Yeah, I don't speak English. You can kill me." Um, you know, Gruber doesn't want to kill Takagi, but what's chilling about Gruber is he doesn't really care either way. That's what you get from this scene that makes him kind of like, "Oh fuck!" You know, it's like, which is always he would just as soon not kill you or kill you. He doesn't actually care. He doesn't actually care. What it's it easier is. if he doesn't have to. Yeah. But when you know, but he'll do it if you piss him and off. And he doesn't have to kill Takagi here. You know, I was a little bit of foreshadowing for Die Hard with a Vengeance. <laughs> oh God! How dun, so? Dun, dun. What? How so? <laughs> well, with the because they they have to take the cable and they have to drop onto the the container ship as it sails under the bridge. Wow, I don't remember so, it very well at all. I don't think they wrote that with yeah. Die Hard with a Vengeance in mind. No, I don't. Yeah, no. As a matter of fact, ten years from now, I'm going to have a shot in a third movie for right. this movie. No, that, and as a matter of fact, bridge. Um, get going around to that. Oh, the reason that Die Hard with a Vengeance would very reasonably seem to have gone off the rails a bit in terms of the Die Hard series is because uh, going back to what we were talking about on the Gremlins thing with spec scripts and stuff, it wasn't a Die Hard movie. Yeah, right. initially it was it originally was, just a mayhem movie. It was a mayhem movie called Simon Says, which is where the the thing comes from, and it was it was a bad guy and and these these two normal guys get caught up in this bizarre game he wants to play, um, and then uh, they were trying to make it write a new Die Hard movie and they couldn't really figure it out, and someone read this Simon Says spec and they were like. Fuck it. Let's make that guy John McClane, and it's a diehard movie. So that's what they did. And that's why, you know, and I don't want to turn it into a big fist fight here, but that's why the first one, the first one is. The, here we go. Round one. The first one is the gold standard. The second one was like, a, okay, fine. But then the third and fourth. The second were, one is not an okay, did, fine. Okay, most of yeah, all, no. From the point of view that I'm talking about is because <laughs> at least they, and they hung a lantern on it because it was so bogus, but at least they came up with an excuse to put the wife in jeopardy again in the second one. And they even hung a lantern on it by having her at the end say, why does this keep happening yeah. to us? Which I thought was at least them admitting, yeah, it was a big cartoon blow-up movie. His, what do you want from death. me? Okay. By, by the third one, they've broken up. She's not even part of the story, although they keep her off camera, and it's all about him talking about her. But but everything Willis does in that, he has no reason to do any of it. It's the, he does, he, By the third one, he does become, I'm the invincible cartoon hero who does hero things I can because agree I'm that. a hero. I can absolutely and agree And that's why that. I just didn't find it as nearly as satisfying a full movie experience. No, and Die Hard stuff, 4... Stuff blows up real good in that movie. Yeah. I, well, I will not deny it. Stuff blows up no, real nice. And Die Hard 4 was completely I did Die Hard 4, I was like, Die I, had, I watched not. it, but I don't remember what happened. But it, like you said, we just got the uh, the moment where he's just like, if you if you you're just gonna have to yeah. kill me, it's like, all right, all bang. Right. Yeah, we just talked our way right past it. But uh, but that was a great. It's a shocking moment in the in the movie, w- watching the movie when you don't know this movie, because because you don't expect that. You know, it's like you know the bad guy is like, he seems so genteel. Surely he's not going to. He's going, okay, you got me. I'm not actually going to kill you. So the fact that they turn that around, and he does go, yeah, all right, bang, and blows his brains out. That's when from that moment on, Rickman owns the character right you know you're just like this well, guy I, that's a, that's almost the thing you're like he should have done it in front of everyone else he's like well he did it in front of us and that's, yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> what we need. that's who we really need to impress <laughs> so there you go now brian yes do you like three or two more the hard three or the hard two which uh, do you prefer three. two is two is okay crap. No. Three you, is, have, you have a 15-second opening statement. Why do you think <laughs> Die Hard 2 is terrible? Because cargo planes don't have ejector seats. Is that your problem? No. 
Brian, no. <laughs> Brian Finister, Mr. Mr. Embry Riddle. It's just a. For, it's just first of all, it's just a lousy movie, and well, you can't have that be your opening <laughs> statement. What's bad about this movie? It's bad. It's just bad. All right. Well, that's if, not how we play here. If, if, I, if I have fifteen seconds, I'll put the the one. The premise makes no sense, and the fact that okay, it. They've rigged whatever it is, Dulles or whatever. So this whatever this airport. is a, this is an aeronautical insider complaint that you have. No, no, it's not. It's perfectly reasonable. It's like uh, we we can't land at this airport for some reason. And you're 15 seconds and, and, and we're circling this airport for two and a half hours, and we have to kill the terrorists to land. But it's like it's Dulles or beat you know so Baltimore you or something. See, so you went to an aeronautical college. No, no, <laughs> it's there's, land there's, in land in any of the like hundred other airports that from are DC, five miles away. They, well, they say that nationals also closed, but anyway. But I blah, see, I totally blah, see blah. your I totally see your point, but that. That is to me. That's the magic beans. I, you can't you can't object to the movie on that grounds. You can't object just on that alone. No, no, no. That's no. magic the ma- beans. The magic beans is John McClane can kill a lot of people by himself. Yeah, <laughs> that's the magic beans. No, the magic beans is how the story gets started. Because the point is, you needed beanstalk for the story to happen. So the magic beans in Die Hard three or two is uh, the planes can't land and McClane has to do things. So that's your magic beans. No, no, no. So that's no, your magic. No, trick. no those, those magic but, beans. But but are the crap. fact that you're objecting on that ground to the premise is just as much as you know, someone else you know, objecting to a very, very specific bit of knowledge that they have about archaeology it's not, it's or not something ar- like that. It's not an aeronautical piece of knowledge. It absolutely They can is. land somewhere else. They can it's land like, somewhere else. That That's is right. a lay that is a lay solution. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like Why don't they just and most land people, somewhere it, else? It's yeah. not it's not like they can't land because their flaps are at thirty degrees and they have yeah. to be at forty five degrees and that's and bullshit. It. It's like if that's if that's your only objection to the movie, then I I, I call bullshit. Because, no, no, because no, no. it's like that's again, I I've seen much worse justifications for movie premises than the the entire eastern seaboard is socked in. I I, I recognize it. In real life, I would not accept that as an answer for my pilot. <laughs> I would go, well, there seem to be terrorists at this airport, so I think we should just go to one of the other 5,000 airports in a 500-mile radius. Yeah, I totally get that. But for that to be the objection to the movie, I, I don't know. They made a movie about it when that happened. Yeah, see, That's he's... see just the nature of the like world. Like we're, we're talking about, whoa, Ralph's logo, hey, Ralph's, by the way. Hey. Yeah. The old Ralph's logo. Yeah. Is Ralph still around or do they get merged? No, they're still no, here. They're, okay. Uh, Alpha Beta got merged into that's, Ralph's. That's what it is. But. And, and I, I heard that was painful for them. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the, I, like, like we were saying, he doesn't want to be the hero. He's watching the cops and he's going, please, yeah, yeah, please, please, take this rescue. over. In, fa- in fact, it's not the cops. It's, it's the fire department. Yeah. He's, like, he's like actually you – know, the fire department – is going to run into armed terrorists. Right. This is like, you know, <laughs> fuck the fire department. That's, you know, some of them are going to die, but that's just yeah, how that goes. That's not my problem. There, yeah. There's somebody. It's not <laughs> yeah, somebody, somebody not me. That's the point. Now, I'll say one of the things I do very much like about, about Die Hard with a Vengeance is <laughs> the, the head fake they do on the, the, the motivations of the villain. Yes, well, and which is which is a bit of a riff on this one because right. of course we're thinking that he's you know he's, he's out for a, revenge. His whole joke here is that you know everyone's going to think I'm a terrorist because they don't know anything about terrorists, so I can just say any terrorist anything, and they'll go, "Oh God, he's a terrorist." That's the whole plan. <laughs> well, his, so. his thing, his thing in Dire of the Vengeance is I'm avenging the death of my brother, and this is a revenge thing. Yeah, which, which, is, which who is I actually like, didn't give a shit about is yeah, the is the punchline. He, yeah, he doesn't he doesn't give a shit. That was my favorite the moment. Jeremy the Irons moment. is for me the best part of that movie. That in, that in his his dancing ballet dancing side girlfriend. That was weird. Who, uh, who I'll was give you that. Amusing as hell. Meanwhile, in Die Hard. Meanwhile, in this movie, before Me- they realized they were going to have Die Hard without a vengeance. <laughs> die Hard with die, die Hard normally. Die Hard with no uh, suffix. Um, this it's funny that uh, Alexander Goodenough, of course, is the famous ballet dancer um, of this group, but this isn't him. But this guy looks so much more like a ballet dancer than the ballet dancer <laughs> in the movie does. Um, plus, it's like, what strange? What is this strange Euro accent he has? Which is what is not specific. 
of some kind. I like the. Would I you like, like that to cut there. my monkey? That's what my it's captain keeps trying, telling me. It's yeah. like there's the reference where basically in in the other movies of his that we haven't seen, the other John McClane adventures. Like yeah. he's the guy that the captain keeps calling and going, "You're a loose cannon, McClane. <laughs> You're getting too close <laughs> to this case, McClane." <laughs> Although we do see that by Die Hard Three because they're right. in New York and Die yeah. Hard Three. Yeah. Then we do see those guys and we do see his relationship with the guys at home. To yep. answer your question about which language he's speaking, it's uh, Furman. Ah, Furman. It's Furman. Now this, uh, it's good to know. So this, this scene and throughout the movie, you can, you can kind of tell, you can, you know, you can tell for people who like to do these kind of things, you can tell when Willis is being swapped for his stunt double, uh. um, which, you know, name a movie where you can't really, but, um, it's, sometimes it's a dead giveaway because sometimes the stunt double doesn't have Willis's damn tattoo. It's kind of like <laughs> obviously not there, which if you're paying attention to that sort of thing. Is that a Willis tattoo or is that a John McClane tattoo? I think that's, I think that's actually a tattoo that uh, Willis has or had at the time. Like uh, like the the lost guy Matthew whatever, you know, that that tattoo is uh, his own tattoo. Oh yeah yeah, and they've they've actually written it into the plot. Dark man, do you give a shit about the whole Die Hard two versus Die Hard three thing? I uh, again, I saw them bizarrely out of order, and I haven't. Well, there's only three, so how far no, out of order? There's four, but. Well, not um, when you first saw them, I'm assuming. No, actually, I, I, I'd seen... <laughs> no, no, I'd seen... I'd seen. Strangely, I saw the fourth uh, one before it was made. True, no, no, I saw... I, I'd seen three primarily, and then when the fourth one was coming out, I'm like, well, I should know all of these, so I watched one and two. Um, but I've only seen one and two once each, not counting this one, obviously, that I'm seeing one, twice. Holy shit, numbers. <laughs> um, <laughs> but... Uh, this is the Phantom Menace. Yeah, but... Uh, so... I'm not as familiar with uh, Die Hard 2, for example, but I do remember I do remember watching it at, directly after this one and being like, "This feels a little bit." Uh, I don't I don't understand this movie nearly as well as I like. It's hard. To, it's kind of harder to follow, and it's it's a bit more ridiculous. Like you can already see it leaning into the you know Bugs Bunny territory, and yeah. um, so I I think this is a, a but between uh, between two and three. It's hard to say. I think I, I again. I think for me, three would win just because Sam Jackson is there screaming <laughs> profanities. <laughs> every As I was minutes. going to say, dive. Yeah. Now another thing that was that again, I I I can't think of. There, there were no movies before this movie. I can't think of any <laughs> other movie. This is the first movie of all time. The first movie they ever made um, is that. I could. I I was so struck by the fact that what not just what Hans Gruber was doing made sense. Actually, the villains <laughs> stuff made sense, and what they were doing made sense. And and really, the revelation is the villains' plan is the big revelation of this movie. When you find the big the big MacGuffin reversal later, when the FBI shows up, because even you know they're not tipping us off yet that they're not actually terrorists at all. Um, we're 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 being played just as much as uh, the rest of the outside world is in the story, but. But I don't. I don't really remember seeing a movie, and I, I still admire the way this movie does it, where it's so specific and fairly realistic about the process that Bruce Willis goes through. I mean, you actually see him hack the elevator and do all these things, and everything he does is like that makes sense. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you don't. You know, you don't usually see. Before I love this. that taunt. Yeah. Now I have a machine gun. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking that the, the, the actual little thing is the one piece of information of the many pieces of information that Hans Gruber doesn't have here is that he goes, okay, the Santa hat's creepy. The messages on the on the sweatshirt is creepy. Why did he take the guy's shoes? <laughs> That's like, why did he take his shoes off? 
That would that'd be that'd be like bugging me if, if I was Gruber. What's why, why the shoes? That's what I would get. But everything Bruce does here, Bruce Willis, you know, we're on a first name basis. You know, he's <laughs> he's he's doing things that make sense. I mean, he's he's and he's following a process. and He's not doing anything superhuman. He's like, okay, I'll I'll write it down. I'll try and get some info. He's like scribbling their names in Sharpie on his arm. You know, it's like it's this whole underscoring of this guy's not Superman. He's just kind of like, well. He's what have I? What, he can. what have I got? You know, what have I got to work with? And just the the simple fact of earlier, you know, he kills a guy in kind of a knockdown dragout brawl, and essentially lucks out by having the guy's neck snap because they fall down a flight of stairs, um, and then patting the guy down and totally like, you know, oh, okay, great, I'll take this, I'll take this off you, I'll steal. The- Ooh, you got smokes, awesome, I'll take those. <laughs> You know, that he's actually shaking the bad guys down. He's killing them, and then he's, like, stripping the corpse. Like, okay, what can I get off of this guy? This is not was not common hero behavior you saw in the movies. You know, the fact that he's already covered with blood, and it's this early in the movie. It's like, geez, he, you mean it, it hurts when he gets hit by stuff? That's something it seems like you would think about before you went and did that. The fact that maybe this thing will go <laughs> yeah. all the way to the top, How and what am I going to do in that? And if that happens, this is a nice little. I always thought this was. This I'm pretty was, sure elevators are designed with that in mind. Yeah, that just in are case they? there's a douchebag on top. This is a, this is a, one of the first times, and McTiernan, this okay, because there's a recurring joke here that Mc, he always gets his he always gets his head turned by a pretty girl, um, but they actually make that payoff that that little that little payoff there, um, and it's the first time I was really aware of what, you know, a really good director who's trying to connect dots for the viewer does because that 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 little glance at the at the at the centerfold there is not just a little character moment because it's going to keep happening you know it's happened once or twice already and it's going to happen at least one more time i think in the movie he's always getting his head turned by a pretty girl but that there's a payoff to that little moment with the with the with the with the centerfold that i was like remember when i saw this movie in 88 i was like Huh. Oh, that's weird. one that of those first times. That was really good movie go, making. Oh. That was good movie making. I think what I just saw just happened there. Where you really see the the small touches, and you yeah. you connect the dots for yourself. Yeah. yeah. I like looking through this crowd and looking for the really bad eighties hair and fashions. <laughs> She's, Why she... did anybody have sex in the eighties? I know I've said it before, but. Trey, maybe you can help me out on that. <laughs> I think he's answered that. Cocaine. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's true. That's why. That's why women had sex with us. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> because trust me, it's like prison. Um, and I believe is another moment right here is is, uh, and this is of course a continuity goof because he's going to at some point when he's up on this roof he's going to see a, a hot chick like topless or whatever in in a window nearby. Um, which, of course, is a great little insert shot that somebody got. But if you look around, there's no building anywhere near close enough for that to have actually happened for him to see a girl like that, unless he's got Superman vision. But this was a this is a uh, this is a funny in the theater was a huge laugh, you know, because who hasn't wanted to mouth off to nine one one and just go, <laughs> you know, fuck you, fuck you nine one one. When she says this is an FCC violation, he goes, "Well, then come fucking arrest me." that's a great joke. <laughs> you can't say fuck on the waves. Oh, well, then come down here and fucking arrest me. We it's need got, to stop getting sucked into this, guys. Yeah. <laughs> he's got Muldoon's gun. Yeah, this is this is also a great movie for gun fetishists. The fact that these guys didn't even you know, it's like everyone's got his own gun. I like mine. You know, everyone's got his own thing. This is my gun. That's it's, your gun. I call it Vera. If you're into, yeah, this, that good enough's definitely got Vera. He's got his Vera going on. I can't imagine the cops would ever react this way. After like the second time he calls and he's saying the same shit. Uh huh. Well, I guess they did send out a cruiser. Yeah, they did send Reginald yeah. Johnson. This is the only time he's going to call. This is the only call. The first time he pulled the fire alarm. 
And then the fire alarm, you know, they, they called back and said, no, it's a false alarm. Go away. I love how they're like, ow. Yeah. That sounded like gunfire. Fuck that, yeah. that guy. It's loud. Yeah. He's just punking us. Ooh, that wow. was lucky. They're really on the roof there, too. <laughs> really? <by> the way. <laughs> they really are up there. I wish I... I'd, <laughs> I wish I'd known this movie was being made, and I'd known the night that they blew the you know blew the fireball off the top of the thing. Some of that is a visual. There he effect, is, but the, Reginald. <laughs> now there's a moment coming up here that's even more probably the and most Brian Harley. Yeah, probably the most shocking moment. You want to talk about '80s and oh my god, what a different era that was. Um, there's this little moment here with the Twinkies, and then he's going to get the radio call, and he's going to step outside, and he's going to look at Nakatoma Plaza, and look at the gas prices. <laughs> that's, oh, that's, we go. that's what's going to rock your world. Good times. This is still an AM, PM, though, and they yeah. haven't changed their logo. Yeah, this, you Although can, the logo is now side-by-side side instead of top-bottom. Yeah. You can still go there and go out, step out front, and, look, and up go at, get, look up at Fox Plaza. It's sitting right there. And get fucking handful of Twinkies. Yeah. Actually, yeah, AM, PMs don't look any different than that yeah. now. That's... That's one of the few things that's lasted. Hasn't changed a bit. <laughs> Here we go. So okay, let's see. I wonder what gas prices were approximately then. Let's 77, 77 cents. Wow, 77 oh. cents a gallon. That's, oh, that was unleaded. Yeah. 74. 74. Now, now, here's the weird thing wow. about memory. That just hurt my colon. Here's the weird thing wow. about here's the weird thing about memory. I was alive. I owned a car. I was, you know, I was I was a human adult. And well, the, let me guess. Back then, you were like fucking 77. Well, cents. I don't I don't God remember that even being gas prices. <laughs> I can't even remember like conceive that I've lived in a world where we paid 75 cents a gallon for gas, but. Clearly, I did. I just don't. And they probably it. adjusted it too. They were like, "This movie's going to be around for a while, so we'll, <laughs> yeah, so we'll add we'll thirty years from now." I, I know I know that I have lived in a time, even though I, I wasn't driving yet, but I've lived in a time where where gas was less than two dollars a gallon, and I remember when it went over. I remember briefly. I had just started driving. It was under a dollar for a little while. Guys, we're literally oh. talking about gas prices on <laughs> yeah. the radio. Well, hey, on the, on the radio, that's the thing yeah. you don't do. Don't talk about gas prices. Don't talk about gas prices on the radio. Anyway, so th- th- this, uh, this well, that'll that'll date us. Well, we haven't said what our guys gas prices are now. Yeah, gas right. future. Gas. <laughs> yes. What year are we reporting yeah. from? Future. Try and work it out. So this is yeah. Well, it, uh, until yeah. like ten, fifteen years from now, when they're like gas. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah. Well, they're not talking about Die Hard Five, so clearly <laughs> it's before nineteen you know, two thousand and fifty-seven. So this is just the, the again the the ongoing, you know he he doesn't you know I I think I'd like to go through a fan now that's my plan yeah. is to go through this huge electric fan it's like he just he doesn't have a choice and that's that's what I think is so great about the way the movie constructed is and he's about to do the dumbest thing yet which is not this but his other trick with the elevator shaft yeah with the with the with the gun which I you know even I kind of go well that that dude I don't know <laughs> that yeah. might be a bit <laughs> that much. thing could slip the yeah. rope could break the that's, you're really pushing it to you think could let go but anyway this is the moment where he like he pops out and there's a centerfold and now he knows where he is and he realizes he's just done an okie doke on them and he's mm-hmm. he's back around he knows where he is compared to them and now he's going to try and slip past them you know and it's just a little that's a little detail that seems so obvious but again for me you know seeing seeing this movie for the first time i was like I see what you did there. Like I said, this was, how else would you do it? The, the issue is, you know, how else would you say other than I've got, I've, I've gotten behind them again yeah. to himself, he says, or, or, yeah. you know, he's in this, he's in this, you know, real building that's just cinder block walls and, and unpainted, uh, you know, drywall. It's like, put a, put a distinctive thing on yeah, the wall. Yeah, it'd be nearly, uh, it, 
I mean, the, like I said, number two was... <laughs> uh, that, con- that's also a good moment where he kicks it out and it's just this solid <laughs> yeah. moment of silence and yeah. then the crash. And he's like, oh, yeah, God. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> number okay. two is fairly hard to follow. No, number one, though, even though, like you say, it's just, just uh, you know, drywall and, and concrete, you can totally understand the geography even as they're kind of rampaging around behind uh, behind mm. the scenes of because they gave building you in progress. Because yeah. like they gave you little moments like that. They give you um, uh, landmarks. Yeah. yeah. It's brilliant. Now this as 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 much as yeah, and the, and the fact that see this is the thing the, the the since then there's been the hero of the you know I will leap out the building because I'm a hero in a movie and therefore the fact that you know he's he'll he'll get ready to do something and he'll just say oh fuck like <laughs> and the best the best line of all is later when he he does the trick with the the fire hose and he's about to do the jump and he just goes John what the fuck are you doing <laughs> so I thought that was a great realistic line for him because that's what you would say right my I mean that's what you would say if that was you I think that's why I I wanted to save it until we got to that bit but whatever uh, oh, I'm sorry I, I think that's why no 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 I think that's why um. This character and and these these movies like like you were saying he this is before he goes cartoon character on it because it is very much the thing where he's he's a guy you know the same yeah. reason the same reason Indiana Jones worked he's a guy who knows when he's like I can't even believe yeah. I'm doing this it, whereas in the later ones particularly number four like this one he yeah. gets messed up yeah. like the the whole thing for me the whole thing is the the he, when his feet get cut up. Right, That's the yeah. moment where you're like, this guy is a human being. He's vulnerable. He could die. And in in you know in Die Hard Four, he's fucking shooting down helicopters with cars and yeah, stuff, and, and like and he what, just gets kind of scratched up. And it's like, look how handsome and, and rugged I and am. And boy, they it's jump like, they jump the shark so severely on that because I was I was just barely ooh, shit. Yeah, like, he ooh. missed the and, one and, he was aiming for. And then actually, supposedly, was a stuntman actually did miss his first hole nice. and managed to get the second one. And nice. then, oh, that's good. We're keeping that. <laughs> but it's not, obviously it's not a vertical infinite shaft. Right. It's a tilted shaft, but uh, still. Um, but that was for me that just seeing the commercial for Die Hard Four was uh-huh. where it jumped the shark for me because it's like yeah. that whole exchange about how he. Kills a, kills a helicopter with a, you know, it's like, oh, so not only did you. Oh, did we just missed the part where he turns on the, the lighter and it lights up yeah. the uh-huh. whole, far the, more than it should. The whole world, yeah. Yeah. So, um, Sorry. But the, that's fine. The, the, um, yeah, the idea that not only did you manage to kill a helicopter with a car, but that was your plan. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that that you was what you intended right. to do. Somehow make that happen. Yeah, that's that's uh, yeah. Now that's, we're into a cartoon. The, yeah, cartoon that's over the world. line. Whereas, whereas yeah. in this early one, it's like, it, you know, John, the appeal of John McClane is that he's not that action hero. Yeah. You know, and and, now, and not everything works. Yeah, you know, not everything he does works. And so, in the, but then in the fourth one, he is that action hero, and they completely missed the point. Yeah. Now, there's a missing scene here because this is uh, the the famous continuity error when he when he went into the shaft, his his t-shirt was white. When he comes out, it's going to be completely uniformly gray. For the rest of the movie, um, and that's because there's a, a, a extra little bit where he gets he gets totally dosed with with dust in this uh, ventilator shaft or some other well, sequence. I could, that I could just I could just go with that without even having to see it. Like well, the, he's well, crawling the, around. The up issue there, though, obviously. the issue though is it's not like it's mostly gray. It is 100 uh. percent pure gray. <laughs> straps, back, front, sides, everywhere. Like it's had a dye job. Um, that's that's a. I believe as a result of a missing scene that went at this point in the story where you saw how he got totally covered with with crud. Um, so it's like once he comes out of this shaft, he's, he's, it's literally like he bought a gray t-shirt instead of a white t-shirt. If it was stained, then that would have been different. That's, that's like the second time it's been like, they've come that close and they're like, Hey, the phone. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thank God for the phone. (coughs) Uh, 15 minute break. 
<laughs> yeah, that's right. The union rules. Yeah, that's right. When the phone rings. Now, I, I, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, this, uh, this, this one guy here, he's the guy who's going to be shooting the the rocket launcher out uh, out the window later on. Well, right? that's the, not even great. That's like camouflage. Yeah, he's the one who's going to be. He's the one who's going to be. Yeah, see, like, <laughs> it was. I swear to God, it was white two shots ago. Although, although yeah. I, I mean, I'm you can guessing, see the staining of it, but the fact that it's covered right. everywhere. How did he get it on the tops of his shoulders? I'm, I'm guessing really? a lot of people didn't even notice, though. No, Have you, yeah, I'm, you. Were, no, no, no. I'm have, one of those people we all noticed. Right. We're like, no, what no, the no, hell no. happened haven't, with the t-shirt? Uh, you, haven't you seen that video where they're like they 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 just kind of pan away from someone and come back and their shirt color is <laughs> changed and you don't even notice like shit like that? It's just it's just that it's so extreme. Because you can go, wow, yeah, he wasn't that dirty literally two minutes, two right. seconds ago. I saw that. You know, you're actually watching him. You're paying attention to him. A lot of those, I think a lot of those things have to do with not paying attention not to looking it. at right, people, right, right. but, you know, we're kind of looking at him. But, uh, you know, not that that's not true, that that, that, that happened. Or it's like the, uh, I love the one where the, the people are playing basketball and a bear walks through. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love those. Those are great little things. So. But I was going to say the the, uh, the he's up on the roof right now. He's the spotter on the roof. Later, he's going to be he's the guy who's by the elevator getting the next missile out when when Willis blows the elevator. Um, he's this big old you know guy with a ponytail. Um, I can't tell. He, he looks like to me like the guy who played Vigo in in Ghostbusters too. Mm. Vigo the Carpathian. Vigo the Carpathian. We are like flies. The buzzing of flies. I think I think that's the guy. I think he's that actor. But I can't, I'm not sh- entirely sure. I don't. I'm I'm pretty sure it's not. But I may be wrong. Because I I would have cover all available options. I always well, yeah. yeah. It could be that. One it could for, also be something else. One yeah. thing's for sure. It either is or isn't him. <laughs> and I think we've settled. That, that. is a guy. I'll yeah. tell you what. <laughs> I don't. I, I, I don't think it is just because just because I didn't have the Ghostbusters trigger go off in my brain when I watched this. Yeah, fair enough. But you haven't really seen him that closely too That's much. Um, but uh, he has like one moment. He has one key moment just before uh, when they're when they're setting up the rocket launchers. When you'll see him better. He looks like this is, Vigo. This is. Very, I guess very this is more a statement about before two thousand and one and what what happens when you say terrorists then versus now because then it's like what now you say terrorists you think of Die Hard as opposed <laughs> to after nine eleven. Actually, actually, what's what's kind of struck me as interesting is I back be- then it seemed like you say terrorists, it it could just as easily have meant white people. <laughs> the, yeah, yeah, the the well, you, you, terrorists in America in Europe would be different. In, uh-huh. in Europe, when you say terrorists, you might think of Germans, you might think of Bader Meinhof or the or Irish. Like that. Well, in America, we at least would think of the Irish. Uh-huh. Um, but it's funny how I've been seeing movies that are you know from the seventies even, and pretty much. When you say, even in those movies, that era, when you say terrorist, you mean Muslim, you mean raghead, uh-huh. you mean towelhead, is what you mean. And it's the sensibility of those movies are not really any different than the jingoistic stuff that we're seeing today. Uh-huh. Um, this movie is kind of, kind of unusual in that they don't even seem to have a single raghead in their terrorist organization. Uh-huh. Where they, they have a chink. <laughs> um, and not only do they have a chink, they have the chink. They have the they have the Chinese henchman who's been. And you, surely you know this guy's name. He's been in every. He's every. He's every Chinese henchman in every movie for the past twenty years. <laughs> he's the guy with the long straight black hair. Um, uh, you know who's he's in every damn movie that's ever been made. You see this guy. He's this third henchman because he can do a little martial arts. Uh-huh. Um, so when he gets his his close up, you can tell me who his name is because surely you know that guy. Nice. Yeah. Uh. Yes, sir. there you go. Gee, you managed to miss. You shot him in the thigh muscles. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, I guess you were, you, you were shooting through a table, so it's not like you could aim. One of my other few, <laughs> one of my, bless you, Thank one of my you. other few logistical objections to this, uh, 
to this movie is coming up, and and it's not that he throws a guy out a window, but when they cut <laughs> when they cut back to the window that he's supposedly throwing the guy out of, the hole is just too tiny, and it's four feet off uh-huh. the ground. It's like how did he get that guy's body out that hole that quickly? Pile drove him. Yeah, <laughs> it's like damn. Head a, first. Yeah, it's like that's like a two hundred pound guy. It's like how did. Yeah. I won't break the window out further. I'll right. lift it. I'll bell bench Just throw him. him through, yeah. Now, this is a hard shot. You know, how do you get a wow. shot? Yeah. Uh, that, that shot always confused me. <laughs> he just runs yeah. right. Yeah. That shot always confused me because it's like, what am I looking at? Because the shot's like down in the floorboards uh-huh. looking up through the window up the building, which is not a shot usually you see in movies. Well, that's well, that's bigger than it was before. At least. Yeah, so it was bigger than it was before, but still, it's like, geez, that's hard to throw. A guy and as we that. were we were discussing earlier, this, this that actually has a word for itself: yeah. defenestrate. Defenestration. To throw someone out of the Latin of throwing somebody out of a yeah. window. <laughs> yeah. And this too, well, is, as opposed to refenestrate, which I <laughs> yeah. guess means you're you're supplying them with windows. Really? No. This too, or, or <laughs> lifting them up into a window. Yeah. This too was, was kind of shocking. Like, you know, to have this, a cop like totally blow his escape. Right. Right? <laughs> I'm just going to floor it backwards and scream my head off. You know, but not, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess uh, in, in, in macho internet tough guy world, I don't know. Do we lose respect for Reginald Val Johnson? I, I just think that that's, Considering you know everything that he's just been sort of subjected to in eight seconds, like a body fell on my car, and now people are shooting, shooting at me with off. machine guns, you know the fact that he had the presence of mind to just floor it backwards. I think it at all. Back. I, I don't give a shit. Well, yeah. no, it's a, it's a kind of thing where it's, it's like he lost a little dignity, but he he does uh, he does gain back badass points by just sure. climbing out himself and yeah. kind of he spits out a little blood and he's like fucking hell, <laughs> yeah. and after that he's fine. So yeah. you know he's he, he got a little hysterical there, but it's it's all right. We forgive him. Yeah. There's a there's a much more embarrassing moment for the LAPD coming up when the SWAT guys are storming the building and one guy actually stops because he scratches his hand on a rose bush. <laughs> <laughs> and he actually stops and spends the time to say, ow. <laughs> I would give this movie a lot of credit for raising the stakes this soon of uh, bringing in the cavalry. Like you would think it would, it, it would is. seem to make sense. Like that's what we're going to do at the third act and the yeah. third act is going to be the cops are there. Yeah. But it's already going there. And then the rest of the movie will go even beyond that. Yeah, and and that's well, what, we are. Here we the, go. And we now, are at the beginning of the this, third thirty minutes. This is the midpoint. It's true. This is the midpoint of the movie. No, right we're here. not even close to the third act. And he's so. This is when the they don't. So this is the middle yeah. of the second act. Yeah, yeah. So it's definitely a stakes raiser. But yeah, the, and and it's it's un, you know Han's already tipped it off. He's like and everyone's like the police, the police are coming, and he goes, well, they have to. That's. You know, it's inevitable. The, the, the That's po- part of the plan. Yeah, police police action was expected, and as it as it turns out, it for it. inevitable. And and so it's like, oh, what's he doing exactly? But here's the fly in the ointment. And I I, I love he's looking around like, how dare he talk to me like that? <laughs> yeah, doesn't he like, know I'm it? the bad guy? Yeah, and I'm crazy. I'm Alan Rickman. I'm Alan freaking Rickman, man. So so. McLean's, McLean's, whoa. McLean's, yeah, whoa. Oh, he says it too. He says, yeah, <laughs> whoa. So McLean's a little cocky. He's like, hey, I just, I just capped two of these guys. These guys aren't so tough. Now I got their, got their C4. I well, got he's like, he's on what? Guy number three or four? He's, uh, he's, he killed the first guy. So, so this is two more guys he's killed. And he's like, yeah, now I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to call their boss and mouth off. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to call their boss and give him shit. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to, I mean, this is, uh, you know, psychological warfare. It's like, I'm going to fuck yeah. with them now. Yeah. So it's it's definitely it's I don't know what it seems like it's almost the f- yeah it's it's probably the midpoint yeah so, it's, yeah, so, the, yeah. The, so the midpoint because because now he's like flipping it now he's like I'm gonna start to push back you know I'm gonna start to tease you. <laughs> 
Here we go. Z, the line. The line. Now, of course, that line works really well in the context of he's like, he's like, oh, you just think you know you're a cowboy because you watch all these cowboy movies and America sucks. Mm. That works great there, but then it's like when they kept trying to bring it back, it's like <laughs> yeah, now it's no. out of context. Now he's just saying shit, yeah, and that's it's, it again. it's also worth mentioning that when rebroadcast on cable, that gets uh, <laughs> that gets edited to any of a number of things. My favorite being. Uh, yippee kaye, melon farmer. <laughs> no, I've never actually heard that. Does that? Have you That's the one that I heard. That's you the first one that heard I heard. Them. Yeah. That's the. That was the. I don't know. Now, it is a is a weird little thing. This little moment when uh, Harvey Johnson here, the anchor of the show, and you know when when Atherton says eat Harvey. Um, and that's uh, that lady there for a while. I don't know if she still is was Mrs. Robert Zemeckis, but because um, she's she'll see her do bit parts in just about everything Zemeckis does. Um, but that guy there, when I did a, the the anchor, Harvey Johnson. When I, I worked in Japan, not, like a year or two after this movie came out, um, I did a job in Japan, and at one point they assigned me a Japanese crew of workers who were these young college guys, um, and and they they surrounded me. They were like a little flock, and they would just go, "These guys work for you," and they would just you know they're so eager to do things. It was like trying to what do I make them do? I, you know, I, they they go crazy if they, if they can't do anything. Paper airplanes. Yeah, so you have to like I literally would invent things for them to do. Okay, so pick up all these screws and put them over there, and then put them back over here when you're done. Um, you know, but if I didn't have anything legitimate for them to do, but one day they, they cra- and they didn't speak much English. Um, they cracked me up one day and this is, here's a, here's an example of things that cross culture. Um, my supervisor came up one day and my supervisor was an older guy who was kind of ex-military and he was like, all right, so, uh, try to uh, get the easy people and, you know, and have them uh, do the thing and all right, you can get that done by lunch. All right. And he went away. And, and my little, my little crew of Japanese, you know, workmen, they all went, hmm. Harvey Johnson, Harvey Johnson, Harvey Johnson, Harvey Johnson. <laughs> and I was like, are they doing a diehard? They're doing a diehard riff? Um, and then, you know, through pantomime and extreme, I, I worked it out that, yes, they were, in fact, referencing Harvey Johnson from Die Hard because that guy to them just encapsulated the pompous American guy, which was how my boss had struck them at that moment. So that was their slang term for pompous douchebag American was, he's a real Harvey Johnson. <laughs> so, so, awesome. so we bonded. We bonded. Me and my Japanese crew bonded over, over Die Hard. Bring nice people little together. action movie reference there because he said reference Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Schwarzenegger. Yeah. As if referencing John Wayne Rambo didn't get your attention. That's yeah, true. So? Yeah. Yeah. It's well, like, what this, of this it? is this is a movie that this is this is, a, this is an action movie that lives in a world where all other action movies exist. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's right. That's the thing. Well, this is an action movie that is not itself an action mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. You know, that's the whole thing. He's like, I'm not I'm not Schwarzenegger. I'm not going out and I don't want to shoot these things. I just yeah. want to go home. Yeah. Which is what, you know, again, McTiernan also did Last Action Hero, which is a spoof of Oh, and I love that movie. I do love that movie I, a lot. I, Last Action Hero is great. Yeah. It's and, very very underrated. You know, and it and he, he they talk about all these tropes in 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 movies including Critiquing Die Hard. I mean, there's the scene at the end when, uh, the, you know, toward the end when the kid is saying to Schwarzenegger, "The guy, you don't know the guy's dead. Don't just assume he's dead." Like in God, Die Hard, the guy's hanging by a chain from his neck. He comes back at the end. <laughs> you know, it's McTiernan like joking on his own movie <laughs> plot holes. That's what upsets me about the new V. I was just watching that. It's like nobody in that universe has ever watched science fiction in their right. entire lives. Like, what do, are you do doing? Watch the show. Except well, for those yeah. two guys in the pilot who yeah, obviously like two have seen Independence in the, Day. In the, news, in the news thing, it's yeah, like, yeah. this is just like Independence Day, which itself was a rip, and they're gone. And yeah, then nobody else, is, nobody else is. It'd be great if they kept coming back. They're like, look, 
Here's how the that, yeah. that would be a way to twist it. All right, like, guys. That, here's here's how this works here's at this stage down. of the story. Right. Because you weren't listening to us at the last turning point. Maybe you listen to us now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you know. If only people in movies knew they were in movies, their well, lives would be so much there's better. There's like, oh, this guy. Hello. Yeah, there you go. It's like, this is a – I mean, imagine this guy and William Atherton in the same movie. Yeah. We've got douchebag central here. <laughs> We've got both these well, guys. it was the 80s. Yeah. We had, a, we had a plethora of douchebags, I'll tell you. We had so many. We could put two. We had What's douche- his last name? Val Johnson? Uh, the this, black guy, the, yeah. The, Reginald Val Johnson. Reginald, Reginald Johnson. Who is gay? Johnson. That's the rumor. What? I haven't been able to really? confirm that, but that's a rumor. Was, How would uh, you confirm a thing like that? The internets. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's one way. Perez well, Hilton. TMZ. <laughs> the internet is in. The internet is inconclusive. Okay. At, uh, usually, it swings one way or the other, but Just it's like inconclusive. <laughs> yeah. <Damn it> so. <laughs> well. Um, he was, do you guys remember on the lot that yes. awful, awful he was TV in that? Yeah, yeah, he was in one of the. Guys I was like, videos. what? Yeah. yeah, the the weird talking backwards neighbors or whatever or something. No, it was like the guy. Oh, he was in a couple then. Uh, the one I remember was because uh, he was on the, the line, main I guess. character yeah. was you know engaged to Reginald Val Johnson's daughter and you know so he oh. had to impress. But it was like an interracial thing. But it was a comedy. It was, oh. it was weird. Yeah, I I I saw him. I that that probably was after I stopped watching because because yeah. he was in the one with the the guy who would put effects in his movies, oh, and yeah, everyone yeah. was like, "My God," you know. <laughs> um, so so he had a thing where they were, um, there were these new neighbors moving in, but they moved backwards, like like they spoke and, and moved backwards. So like their half of the frame would be reversed motion, and that everyone else would be reacting in normal motion. And he was one of the guys who was. Moving going in, backwards. going backwards, and I was like, "No, <laughs> like I actually had to look it up and and check." But I'm like, "That was really him." Uh-huh. Wow. Okay, and he didn't play a cop. <laughs> that's what. That's well, what he didn't, most, wait. Really. He didn't not play a cop. That's though. true. We don't yeah. know if he was a cop. Or not. <laughs> he might he was just moving duty. in. Yeah, it's true. In fact, from now on, he played a cop. <laughs> he was just off duty. So, set a little set back to the I think movie. This here. was Janelle. Set up. Set up. Payoff. I think this was too. Yeah. Little little setup payoff going on there. <laughs> Actually, oh, she's smart enough though. She's yeah. like, I got nothing to yeah. do with him. Yeah, mm-hmm. but you know, is it? Is it turns out to be turns out to be kind of lucky she didn't use her married yeah. name professionally. She had a big sign on her door that says, you know, Mrs. Holly McLean. Like, hey, 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 I think even a German could put that yeah. one together. <laughs> I, I like occasionally cutting back to this guy. Like, he is so oblivious and, and, <laughs> to you know, what's going on. He's getting kind of drunk with his teddy bear. Too. He's hanging out with the teddy bear. Now, now this guy. Devoro White, or Devoro White, if you pronounce it correctly, uh, which I may or may not be doing. Devoro White, but it's spelled with the French spelling with the E-A-U. But uh, Devoro, I guess is how you say it. He, he, you know, should have been the next freaking Eddie Murphy guy. And and really didn't show up in much of anything afterwards. Huh. You know, I really was it's like... It's all about representation. I was looking, I was looking forward to is. seeing a lot really more really of De- Devoro White. I thought, you know, I thought, that kid, that if this movie doesn't make that He's kid going a star, places. yeah. You know, then yeah. I then I quit. Yeah, that's just all I've, I've, Either that or God hates him. Yeah, <laughs> God just hates that or, guy. Why, who, who could be funny and die hard and never get another big movie? Yeah, what's that about? Who I'm I'm blanking no on the name. God the, hates him. The guy from uh, Fifth Element. What's that? <laughs> there are a lot of guys what? in Fifth Element. The, Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker. Thank Chris Tucker. Yeah. Hey, he got why, a, the, why the funny the funny uh, black guy. From why Fifth couldn't Element? he have li- languished in obscurity? Yeah, exactly. Chris Tucker, Chris Tucker got way too many. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not I, money and Rush agree. Hour. And, I thought I thought he was and Rush uh, Hour and Rush Hour and yeah. Rush Hour. I thought he was great in Fifth Element. I actually like him. In, <laughs> my favorite thing he's ever done was Fifth yeah. Element. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's been downhill since then. 
Fifth Element's another one of those movies that just puts me into a trance and I fall asleep. <laughs> I like it on paper, but then I watch it, and by the time Chris Tucker shows up, I'm like, like, it's like my, I'm going into REM, wide awake, just like. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll have to do that one. Multipass. God, I love that movie. Anyway. Multipass. I've come to enjoy that movie quite a bit. I like how even still he's smoking. He's like, well, I better yeah. just light up. Is it, Who knows? Smoke him if you got him. It's one of the, to me, as, as, a, as a smoker, it always makes me feel, it's one of those, you know, how, how a thing in a movie, well, if it, if it, if it was you personally, you might react to it a certain way because of your mindset. I was feeling the thing that pisses me off more than anything else is after, it's spoiler, after Gruber convinces him that he's not, you know, not one of the terrorists and he's one of the hostages who's escaped, Willis gives him his last cigarette. God damn it! That would piss me off. <laughs> I'd, be, I'd, I'd be killing people for the rest of the movie too. It's like, dude, I gave you my last cigarette, all right? I'm in a building. I'm running around for my life. I got glass up in my feet. I gave you my last cigarette, you lying motherfucker. You have a problem, Trey. Uh, I just need to have a cigarette. <laughs> so here we go. Here, here's the SWAT team that that doesn't like roses. <laughs> Coming up, roses. Yeah. But it's a, yeah. He's. I, I like how he's smart. He's like, oh, you idiot. Yeah, oh no, no, like, no. Like no. now he's changed his mind. He's like, oh, yeah, this is the worst. Why thing don't ever. you freaking believe me? <laughs> I'm in an action movie up here. <laughs> don't you understand? I'm Bruce Willis. Yeah. This is Die Hard. If you I, don't know it yet. If but I'm this is in die it, hard. if I'm in it, this is real. This is really happening. The only people that haven't seen Die Hard are the people in Die Hard. And that's, <laughs> that's because it. they did. Yeah. They died hard. Strikes me as interesting now that I haven't really thought about oh, it. Here, here he goes. Like, owie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fucking roses. <laughs> I quit. Quit. No, it's just the movie. I give up. Man down. Man the down. Problem is the, the, this the movie is this so... is the guy I'm talking about. This oh, is the guy yeah. who's every henchman in every movie yeah, ever right. made. You get this guy. This is the man. The, the Roses thing is just because this movie is amazingly way, way too far into making everyone seem human. <laughs> it's not so much that it was a well-written script. It's just that yeah. they, they were like, no, we need to make everyone in here human. Well, yeah, they were basically like, nobody gets out with their – like, a lot of people are going to survive, but everyone's going to have their dignity, you well, know, like, fucked well, with well, just, just like a little bit. The little moment they're doing here with, with Chang, which is – you know that's that's his character's name, I do believe, is uh, Khan. His name literally is Khan. <laughs> that's oh. the guy's name um, in the movie. But, uh, you know, his little his little stealing candy bars out of the out of the, the snack bar there, but looking around first to see if anyone's watching. <laughs> you know, it's like, dude, you, you have, you're about to fight – SWAT with machine guns, <laughs> but you're afraid of getting, you know, <laughs> clip, clip for boosting a Mars bar. You know, it's like that was a little human moment too. I just always objected to the SWAT thing. It just seemed like a, you know, yes, it's a, it's, it's a little sort of funny human moment that probably in real life happens, but it just seemed like a joke that was in the wrong place at the wrong time. The Rose thing? The Rose thing. Yeah. You know, I got no problem with them, you know, showing human fallibility and so on. You know, that's what this movie does that's so different. But it just seemed like that exact moment was, let's make the SWAT guys look like buffoons. Well, which I think, I think they're trying to. Isn't necessarily to. right. I think they want to. I, I think that's what the movie is kind of trying to do, though. Because he's just, just, just like, you macho assholes. Yeah, I, just, know, I, like, think it's a, I think it's a mistake, though. I think, I think the, the idea is that, that that guy there, if you see him again later, that's the guy I think might be, might be our man. But um, that I think if you make these guys look too goofy then you know then then the stakes don't seem as severe i mean i like the idea that the swat team has their shit together and the terrorists just take them out that 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 says how serious you're saying is. no i see what you're saying you you, you, you move like it said, you move it too far into the realm of cartoony well, you, and, then, you, and then you just take think away it's, from it's the a detail it. it's a detail but i think it's a detail that for the size of it has always kind of taken me out of the well, moment well it's it's the i mean it's kind of uh, the the whole writing thing it's like if you want to make the uh, 
uh, if you want to make the the good guy look heroic, make the bad guy really bad, right? right. So, so so it's like the opposite. It's like if you want to make the bad guys really bad, make them take out some really yeah. really on the ball good guys. Which is and, which and is why that's not what's happening. Which is here. why I like Khan's candy bar moment because it's like the SWAT team is coming in. This is the SWAT team. This is the freaking LA SWAT team. Uh-huh. You guys are in trouble, and the guys are going. I think I'm going to have a Mars bar before yeah. I kill these motherfuckers. <laughs> you know, like he's not worried. And he's is sho- a nice detail. No, but it keeps cutting back to him shoving his mouth. He's like, <laughs> yeah, fucking, oh, I got it. I gotta get I, this Mars I, bar in. Yeah, I am going to eat this before <laughs> I have to shoot someone. I've just been struck by, and of course, when this thing comes out, which you know was is based on reality. The LAPD around this time was like uh, Daryl Gates, I guess, was our police chief around this time, as I recall. And he was like, yeah, we're going to zero tolerance on drug dealers. They literally had an APC like this with a big post on the front of it. And they would just like blast through drug dealer houses and just like huh. knock a hole through the house. So the fact that the LAPD has an RV as our as our That's friend the Hans says, Gruber style of doing shit. It totally is. OK, um, you want to. Dr- OK, watch this. I'm not going to. Yeah, you up. I'm just going to plow. Yeah. See, I. See, okay, I, I promise I won't do it again. No really. What, what a nice little dolly shot going yeah, on. Yeah, that's a hell of a dolly shot with a it's a truck, certainly. Screaming along. Okay, so there's our man right here. This guy. Speaking German as our subtitles, so helpfully say. <laughs> See? Oh wow, he does really look See? like him though. I'm, 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 I think I'm, you might be right. I give it fifty percent odds. I think you might be that right. That's Vigo. You like the buzzing of flies? You like the him. buzzing of flies to my IMDB okay. knowledge. I have to yeah, I have to look at it. You gotta check now. it out. I'm stealing your phone because mine's dead. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> He's dead. So um, I'm just being, something that has never really struck me until you know just happens to be now when I have to Schnell! say things about the movie. It means faster in German. Notice, yeah, that, that we know. I, can, <laughs> I know oh, they one. actually are Reader, they actually Reader. are spelling out the the subtitles for us. So it's make haste, make haste. Weiter. I'm not sure what, what that means. It's just occurring to you now for the first time. <laughs> you were saying make it, make it. Assemble it. Assemble it. Right. Pardon me? You started a thought saying, I, just know, yeah, I, I, never, I don't oh. know if I've ever articulated this before or if it's ever struck me, but notice how much of this movie, the characters aren't in the same movie with each other. <laughs> you know, the, Until the last two minutes of the movie, Bruce Willis has nothing, as far as shooting the movie, has nothing to do with anything that's happening on the ground. That's so there's yeah, all okay. with Van, Val Johnson and, and everything and William Atherton and all that. Bruce Willis never met those guys until like one oh, day. On yeah, the set. same guy. All right, uh, Wilhelm von Holmberg. He, he was, was Vigo. In, he was in Die Hard, and a year later, he was Vigo. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Well played, Trey. Thank you. Um, and they took that son of a bitch right out. Yeah, just well armor piercing, you know. So, so all this stuff down here on the ground, this huge epic thing, until the very brief little moment at the end when they're all reunited. This is a totally different movie. Bruce Willis doesn't meet. Uh, 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 Snape, uh, <laughs> Alan Rickman, until the last 10 minutes of the movie. They're never in the same Alexander scene. Alexander Dane. Alexander Dane, thank you very much. By Grabthar's hammer, they never meet. <laughs> you know, Bruce Willis is almost in his own movie exclusively for 90% oh, yeah, of the screen I'm sure time. They could, have, they could have shot his stuff mostly in like three days, <laughs> yeah. just running back and forth. Yeah. Run here, run there, run here, run there, run here, run there. Great, you're an action star. <laughs> um, you know, Bonnie Bedelia is mostly separate, although at least she got to sit in the room with all the extras, so she had people to talk to while she was working. But um, you know, it's it's kind of interesting how this is a a multi-part movie. Yeah, you know, so I'm just trying to picture the process of shooting it, where you know, Val Johnson's on the radio, like, who am I talking to? Bruce Willis. Is he the star of this movie? Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, well, you'll you'll yeah. meet him in three days. We're going to shoot a scene with him. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> you'll be reunited. You'll be best friends. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> But uh, until we're both on sitcoms, yeah. hi. It's going to be very heartwarming, Dory. Yeah, but it. until then, you're going to be talking to JoJo, the script supervisor over here. How do you guys feel about the negotiator? 
Sam Jackson. Uh, Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey. Yeah. I always I always thought that was a really underrated movie. I, I kind of enjoy it. Gray, I kind of I dig it. Yeah, I don't Gray. think I've seen the entirety of it, but what I've seen I liked. It was a good movie. I do want someone who knows about C4 to tell me if this works. This is a Mythbusters <laughs> thing. I don't think the Mythbusters ever did this, but it's like... Well, I don't it, think it'd be multiple flashes. Well, no, I'm talking about how the fact that the way he detonated it was... Impact. He, he, well, but C4 can't detonate on impact. That will not work. That, we know that. Right. C4, uh, he, put, he, put, he, put, he, put, he put detonators into it, tied a monitor to it, I guess, in hopes of there being electrical discharge or something when it shatters, huh. um, and then it blew up. And I just want the Mythbusters or some demolition guy to tell me if that would even work. Well, I got some C4 in a monitor. The Mythbusters actually did recently. Really? You have C4? Uh, and the CRT C- monitor? C4 yeah. monitor? I'm, I'm, I'm a little more surprised those, by the CRT. We're halfway yeah. there. I find both of those equally unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> we're halfway home. I know no, you should have led with the CRT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. C4, C4 is notoriously... <laughs> it didn't occur to me to halfway through, so it was a sloppy setup. C4 is notoriously inert. You can use it. You can literally make an ashtray out of C4 and put out your cigarettes in it all day long, and nothing will happen. But... Um, you know, it's. I, I know a guy who like smuggled some C4 back from Vietnam years ago, and he and he sculpted a, a little flower pot fountain and left it in his backyard. <laughs> you know, and it's like, well, if I ever need C4, I've got it right there. Uh-huh. But and no one's gonna knows. know that I have yeah. C4 because it looks like a flower pot. That, that is I, a brilliant setup that for an I, action movie. Yeah, that I sculpted out of clay. But you can't you can't detonate it unless you put you know an actual igniter in it and blast it. As far as I understand, you can't accidentally set off C4. That's the whole point of it. So I'm just I'm always been curious. Like, would, if you just put the detonators in it and throw it down an elevator shaft, would that do anything? <laughs> that, that's the alternate. That's the how it should have ended version of this scene. <laughs> it's like it's like the guys by the elevator and here's like crunch thud thud. Yeah. <laughs> what was uh, this? I wonder what that was. <laughs> Das Puter! <laughs> now, by the way, th- this too, in a, again, in a theater, not knowing this movie, is colossal laugh, this conversation. Just just the biggest possible laugh. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. The fact that he actually goes, I'm the one who just got butt-fucked on national TV, yeah. Dwayne. Just like, oh, what? <laughs> it's a great line. And the fact that even, you know, even... Uh, Deborah White in the basement listening cracks up, cracks up at that one. He was like, yeah. oh, man, that was good. <laughs> there he goes. Yeah. He's like, do it, do it. Really, if I were in Bruce Willis's position, I would probably be mouthing you know off what? everyone a, but, around no, but, me as but well. But I got I to give him props for just saying, okay. Yeah. Not being like, like I'm going to keep flexing my empty nuts now. No, no, yeah. just, well, all right. Just yeah. you talk to him. Go I'm, I'm, I'm going to walk away and not be here now. I'm going to be somewhere else. Yeah, <laughs> I, love, like, I, I love lost you that back. one. The, but, but for, he's like, listen, listen. I love you, man. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You are a beautiful person. <laughs> yeah. No, right? really. Really, I do love you. <laughs> no, really. We all down here loved it when you did that just now. Yeah. We just, we just... We just met. But also, I may be gay. Yeah. So I might really love you. We'll we see. just met, but I I, yeah. I feel that there's a thing. There's a thing here. Definitely, there's a thing. I can tell from your voice that you've got balls. Patrick yeah. Bateman, maybe a little much. Do you think Christian Bale based Patrick Bateman off of this guy? Because he does <laughs> have that kind of. No, no, no. The, the the I mean, he's. We were talking about like '80s douchebag and stuff like that, and, and when that came up, I was like. This is exactly a character from American Psycho. Like, this is, is exactly the kind of character that American yeah, Psycho is built right. around. True enough. Although in this movie, it works out the way you want it to. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Patrick Bateman gets his comeuppance here. Yeah. Oh, well, he's not Bateman. He's he's one of the people around Bateman yes, that make yeah. Bateman crazy. But you, you know what's even even this character is what's so great about this character is yeah he's a he's a douchebag but he means well his intention is good. He's trying to help, 
And it's just that he, you know, he, he's outmaneuvered. He's outclassed in this negotiation, unfortunately. But what he's doing is he's not doing a bad thing. He's doing a good thing. He's trying to help as far as he believes. You know, he, he doesn't give Holly up. That's the point. You think you, That's true. You think we're setting it up. You think he's going to go in and go, that's his fucking wife out there, man. Uh-huh. Game over. He doesn't do that. He totally – he creates this lie instead about how we're friends with him and if he talks to me, he'll come in right. and he'll stop fucking up. You know, but he doesn't give up Holly. He's not. He's not that. He's not a bad guy in that way. Hmm, that's a good point. You know, so even this guy who we're supposed to hate, you know, is like he's trying to do good, and it almost works. You know. Yeah, but Bruce, Bruce, Bruce Willis. I mean, Here we go. You know, Bruce. Yeah. Here we go. There's a, there's still, a push into him, still and you're like, you're like, oh, oh he's a douchebag. But see, I mean, Bruce Willis. Even when he hears like he's talking to Ellis, you can the way it's played is he assumes. Uh, he's just he's just turned over Holly. He's just uh-huh. you know, given Holly, and it's all fucking over. And then when he goes, no, I just told him that we're old friends, and you're my guest at the party. And Willis is like, what? Mm-hmm. You, that was like a human thing. You just did. <laughs> but that's when he has to turn it around, and Willis does that whole reversal where he's like, you know, where it flips. Where Willis is like, no, tell him you don't know me. They'll kill you. Uh-huh. <laughs> don't tell him if they think that, if they think that I care about you, they will kill you. Tell him you don't know me. Yeah. So it's like it's, they're having this bizarro argument that's the opposite <laughs> of anything that's true. <laughs> you know, it's just this fun. It's fun screenwriting. But again, Willis Willis is on top of it. He's like immediately understands what's going on, and he's like, "Okay, this oh, is shit. the game yeah. we're playing." Here's the thing: they're gonna they're gonna, they're gonna fucking kill you. <laughs> it's great inversions. It's great taking you know the cliche or the the standard trope and flipping it on its head and giving you the. Exact opposite yeah. See, of what so, you expect. So here's the it's a great little moment because immediately he says, "Yo, I know your name now," which is like, and then there's Ellis. Uh-huh. So put two and two together. Obviously, Ellis has told spilled everything. the beans. Yeah, but Ellis Ellis but didn't no. spill all the beans, as it turned out. And apparently, he had a Catholic upbringing, which yes. fills in a lot of that the makes points. a lot of sense. <laughs> well, I mean, McLean, Irish. That's why cop, he's angry. New York. Sure. Yeah, yeah. That's why he's so angry. <laughs> That's why he's used to leaping out of buildings <laughs> to avoid people with foreign accents, I guess, or something. Here we go. So right up to the moment, again, you know, seeing the movie fresh, right up to the moment when he hands the, the, the radio across, you think he's going to be handing it to Bonnie Bedelia. Uh-huh. He's good. John, but then you go, what? And that's what Bruce Willis is doing. He's like, what? What's happening I'm, here? I'm talking to the cokehead? I don't understand anything that's happening now. What the hell? He's like, Capiche. wait, who are you? Yeah, but who's who? Who is the, who's calling? Please uh-huh. hold, please. Again, historically, in historical context, I mean, it's it's Hart Bachner, who I has been around a little bit since then. But you know, this was this was like seeing I'm get some a coke. Uh, yeah, oh, exactly. Oh, this, they're nice terrorists. I'm trying to think of what would be an analog nowadays. I mean, you know, if you saw what. To to if you saw Robert Pattinson suddenly show up as this character in a movie, uh-huh. you know it's like that's what seeing Hart Bachner be this uh-huh. character was kind of like well, wow. <laughs> he's already moved on to this kind of character. He, <laughs> like, he I was, love that bit. He's like, yeah, I think I got <laughs> yeah, him right yeah. there. <laughs> he was like, he was like yeah. heartthrob. He was like, you know, Hart Bachner was like the young heartthrob guy. <clears throat> so this character was kind of like, whoa, huh? Look at that. He's playing a, like an adult with a beard and stuff. He really knows his way around a around a. Uh, walkie-talkie there. Look at the way he's like yeah. working that walkie-talkie. That's a man who should have had a cell phone, but he didn't live long enough to to see them really be viable. But I he bet was, he had a car phone. He though. probably had a car phone. 
You, well, what are you gonna, what else are you going to keep your cocaine in? Yeah. <laughs> in those big, empty battery boxes. The guy that sold me my last car had a big-ass coke ring. Like one of those things where you just take up the top and really? it's just like, like, a, a, just like, like, just like a, you know, it's enough Like a, a Lucretia line. board, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Nice. <laughs> like so a, I was like looking at that and I'm like, that's absolutely a coke ring. That's, <laughs> totally. I know what that is. <laughs> totally a coke ring. So between, oh, oh, man. Oh, Ellis at, is trying. He is yeah. trying. Oh. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, hey, well... What are you gonna do? Deal didn't go through. You know, with the with the with the sound off, I almost imagine him having kind of a Phil Hartman voice. <laughs> yeah, John, does. John, he is. John, he totally get together. is that way. to do a thing. He's totally like, well, come on to the thing. We'll do the thing. So, so actually, so I misspoke. Gruber actually waxed two people in cold oh. blood, but yeah. that one he did in front of everyone. Yeah, that now yeah. he has proven his point. Like, okay. Now you know how we're playing this Wait, game. Wait, did I miss him offing the dude? Yeah. He's, yeah it's all it, it was off screen. Out. It was off screen. He's, oh, okay, cool. He, just, he said, I'll kill you, and then he killed him. Because he doesn't mess around, that Hans Gruber. Just once in a movie, I want someone to, when they're calling a bluff, it, this ha- it has to be set up properly. When someone's calling a bluff, you won't kill me, oh yeah, and then this happens. What they should say is, you're right. And then within, over the course of about a second and a half, two seconds, unload six, a clip. Foot, shin, knee, waist, belly, head. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, nasty. Just like, ow, I'm sorry, I'm dead i always felt like that would be such a fucking badass thing for a villain to do a, you're right i won't all the way up their body real fast there's a couple of there's a couple of villains in a couple of recent movies uh, dennis hopper in Waterworld of all things uh, strikes me as like you know he says I, if you tell me the truth i won't kill you and the guy tells him the truth and then he goes all right and he's ready to shoot him he goes hey 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 he hey. said you wouldn't kill me and he goes oh yeah i may have i may have and then he just motions to his, his henchman his henchman kills him oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah you're right all right you good point good point that's good <laughs> And then there was Waterworld is a great thirty million dollar movie. It is. Too bad it, it costs a hundred million dollars. Yeah. Is that all? At the time, at the time, that was a hell of a thing. That was considered yeah. a lot of money. I was making a joke. Yeah, but it's not a joke anymore. <laughs> Nowadays, it's like hundred million. Please, you're exactly. not even serious. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> are you taking that to Sundance? It's like a pose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. What's it's like a pose logic. Get me. I'm posting it on the internet. It's a it's a web series. The um, things. One of the strange statistics is that I think it was uh, a Heaven's Gate, which of course was the movie that was so crazy, out of control, expensive that it destroyed United Artists. Oh yeah, Heaven's Gate you was this famous. Yeah, exactly. There's a great book or written infamous, and a great yeah. book written about it too, but called Final Cut that's worth worth reading. But uh, I believe the incredibly insane, crazy, out of control budget for that movie turned out to be forty million dollars. Yeah. Um, well, it was supposed to be like five at the yeah. originally. Yeah, but forty million dollars. And then ten years later, after that movie, I worked on The Abyss, which went over budget to the crazy, <laughs> insane value of about forty million. <laughs> and then 10 years after that, I worked on My Favorite Martian, which was a disposable Disney summer comedy with a budget of about $40 million. <laughs> so that's over the course of 20 years. That's that's what $40 million buys you from a studio destroying astronomical <laughs> amount of money to a comedy that, you know, we know no one's going to watch it. We'll make it back on video. <laughs> God, I'm looking at this now and I'm like, could. Would they? Would this be a forty million dollar movie today? I bet not. I no. bet this, this would be, be at least this, this would not, sixty to eighty. No. Yeah. yeah, at least eighty. I'm not saying this was a forty million dollar. No, no. Movie. I'm, I'm sure just. I'm was... just. You were just the point you were yeah. making. When I'm they like, remake Die Hard next year? Yeah, yeah. I'm like. I'm. I'm sure because this was what probably ten, fifteen at the time. You think more than that? Yeah, it could be more than that. Yeah. Well, I mean, gas prices were seventy five. That's <laughs> so <laughs> it's true. So there's your there's your baseline to calculate. So take take what this. If only there's a if there's a, a gas to movie budget ratio. <laughs> well, at least we could do like okay. Well, gas prices now are three dollars. Let's say for a round number. So this is approximately one quarter. Yeah, that's about a quarter of the budget. Quarter. Of the, so what 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 is this? Looks like about a hundred million. So 
25, 30 million? 35, 30? 35, 30? Maybe. Interesting. It'd be interesting. I wonder if <laughs> that's we right. need to graph that. Go to, go to box office. What's our estimate? 30 million? Estimate's 30? Yeah. Estimate yeah. 30. So 30, for, 30 for, at the time in we'll swing over. current dollars at the time. No, you don't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay then. <laughs> wow. Liar. <laughs> it was, and you, your mother dresses you funny. All right, let's You're see. a terrible burden on your poor mother. Yeah. Budget, $28 million. Yeah. Oh, oh, nice. nice. Well we played, have, everybody. We have found a formula, yeah. man. <laughs> We've totally found a formula. Math? Just yeah. like Die Hard. Did that yeah. just happen? <laughs> and there's Harvey Johnson, beloved by Japanese <laughs> workmen. Harvey Johnson. Harvey Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I love that. As in Sweden. Yeah, Helsinki, Sweden. Yeah, Finland. But anyway. <laughs> and, and what's, what's a little bizarre is I don't know why they didn't go ahead and just call it Stockholm Syndrome. Which God, is, his hair looks like a bayliner. Because, because it's actually the actual... It's syndrome, syndrome is called yeah. Stockholm, Stockholm syndrome, syndrome, and that is in Sweden. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, did the guy just fake out Harvey Johnson? That's <laughs> called Helsinki syndrome. It's not. It's nothing like Stockholm, which is copyrighted. It's my own idea. Were they, yeah. were they trying to imply that the expert was an idiot too? I don't Maybe. know. Maybe. Stockholm syndrome is where the hostages uh, start to sympathize with their captors. Right? Yeah. 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 Exactly. Well, but what's Helsinki syndrome? It sounded like that's something he's, else. He's, he's no, saying, no, he's talking he, about something he, else. No, he's calling it. He's calling it exactly that. He's just for whatever reason he's calling it Helsinki syndrome and not Stockholm syndrome. It's weird. It says, like, is, is Stockholm Syndrome copyrighted? I don't <laughs> understand that. Why do they not say that? Now, this is Robert Davi, who's still out there doing acting things. You see him. Oh, right he, yeah, he's that guy. Yeah. Sometimes acne scars can be crippling as a child, but they pay off big later in life. Just ask, due to a very lucrative career of character acting. Yeah, just ask Seal. Edward James almost. Yeah, there you go. Craggy. Craggy oh, old God. Edward James almost. Although I don't know what Seal's deal is. That's Why anybody ever Seals, decided Seal's thing is like some kind of tribal thing, right? I'm not trying to be racist. That's really what I've heard. It's like it's some kind of ritualistic thing that he did to his face. Not, I have no not, idea. Uh, acne. Let's ask L. Mm-hmm. So here we go into the in another another fine dandy reversal. You know, just the the, the movie is really quite beautifully done with the the way it keeps look at flipping. that lens flare. John DeBont, man. Apparently, Helsinki syndrome was a thing. Because Wiki oh, says that Stockholm Syndrome oh, yeah. is sometimes mistakenly referred to as Helsinki Syndrome. <laughs> okay. So there you go, dude. What is Helsinki Syndrome? <laughs> what's, no, no. What's Helsinki Syndrome? It's the same thing. It's, it's, like, a, it's not a link. Oh. It's, it's, it's just, uh, it just says that's a thing. It's mistakenly referred to as oh, Helsinki Syndrome. So Helsinki Syndrome doesn't exist at all. Yeah. It's just referred. It's Stockholm Syndrome somebody, is called that. Probably so. because of this movie. Probably yeah. because this movie is so widespread. I heard it was called Helsinki oh. Syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, the definition of Helsinki Syndrome takes you to Stockholm Syndrome. What a oh, we're here. Yeah, what, yeah here we are. So, and what a brilliant bad guy. Like man. I said, this yeah. is a, this is a great. Rever- he immediately is like a great. Reversal. You don't know what I look like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's never seen me before. Like I know who he is, but he doesn't know what I look like. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's that's thinking on your feet. That's why. Yeah, that's, that's exactly. why Hans is successful. <laughs> Which they originally this scene wasn't in the movie. They only decided to do this after they realized Alan Rickman can do an American accent. Yeah, he could do he could do German and American and, and American accent. Although he's, he's a little, he, it's he's he's trying to do a German doing an American accent. Yeah, he's a British guy <laughs> doing a German, <laughs> trying, to do trying to do a British accent. That's 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 raising the bar pretty high. It's pretty, yeah. it's not easy, which is why it's like the fact that whatever accent he's doing is a little off. It works. It makes yeah. sense. <laughs> I managed to get out of the like, who, are you, who are you doing? Is that it sounds like Doc Brown when he says that line? <laughs> Marty, I managed to get out of there. 
A7 weenie. <laughs> I love, I, I do like those bits. Like, these guys came in and no one understands what they're talking yeah. about. They're, they're just coming in and being badass. And they're both named Johnson. Yeah. And, you know, and they hate being the fact that everyone wants to make a joke about that. So they keep, just, he goes, I'm Agent Johnson. This is Agent Johnson. No relation. <laughs> and everyone's like, what? What's, what's going on? Who are you people? And even these guys, even these guys. If he was who, one of mine, he wouldn't have done shit. Yeah. He would have been yeah. thumbing up ass up there. Even these guys have that have a great little interplay with their moment, and of course they get off the one good joke when they're they're taking the helicopter up to the roof, and Davi's like, you know, having a, literally having a nom flashback, and going just like nom, huh? The guy goes, <laughs> I was in junior high, man. <laughs> just everyone gets a little moment in this movie. That's just you know, it's unusual. It was unusual then, and it's even unusual when people try to rip this movie off. They miss. They just go, well, we'll blow up a building, and then it's a diehard movie, and people yeah. will love us for it. And they miss all the. Or we'll put in funny jokes. Yeah, like Die Hard. He's a and guy. Get this. Funny. You love it. It's called. It's Die Hard on a boat, and we got Steven Seagal attached, and he kills people and says funny stuff, and then he kills the next guy and says funny stuff, and blows him up and says something that sounds like yippee ki yay, but isn't because that's the other movie, but it's going to be like that. Here's 150 million dollars. Yeah, go. It's, it's green light, Bing. Now, if we if we already covered in the recording the idea of. How Die Hard in a fill in the blank became such a cliche. We mentioned we made a joke about it, but we didn't really explain it. Go ahead. Yeah, the the you know as as even people not in the movie business know that you know they'll they'll sell a movie to you. It's, it's Die Hard in a hockey rink, which which they made that movie by the way that exists. That's uh-huh. a yeah, it's a Van Damme movie, um, and not not a bad one actually. <laughs> it's pretty good. But Die Hard in a boat is you know is uh, cruise is speed and your speed too. And Die Hard on a bus is uh, speed and, and you know and Die Hard into this and that. Stephen DeSouza is I believe that's how you pronounce his name is the screenwriter of this movie. Um, he tells a story about how he went to a meeting some years after Die Hard and the studio executive says, okay, we had this great idea, we want you to write it. It's Die Hard in a building. <laughs> and and he had to sort of like bite his tongue to go. Does, a, I wrote Die Hard. Die Hard was Die Hard in a building. Well, yeah, in a building. It's obviously the guy had never seen Die Hard. He just heard all those pitches yeah, <laughs> that like, are Die Hard in die, a blank. It's like Die Hard in a building. So, so then, you know, again, just uh, I was just respected this. Oh, great reversal! Reversal there. upon He's reversal like, upon reversal. Yeah. You know, you're a triple agent. <laughs> yes, that's not possible. Now, my girlfriend, who who at the time who came out, like I said, wanted to punch Germans. Um, you know, um, as all girlfriend, good girlfriends, good girlfriends. You know, the good, the good girlfriend. I think. That's how you can tell because Elsa didn't want to punch Germans. Soderbergh made mm. that movie, didn't he? The Good Girlfriend about <laughs> Germans. Um, but she, when 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 she when he handed him the gun, when he says, "Hey, you know how to p- use a pistol?" Hands in the gun. I mean, she was sitting next to me. I could feel her. She was going, oh, 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 "No!" <laughs> I mean, she was like so into it. She was like, "Don't give him the gun." She was she was she was being hooked in by the whole thing, like you know Bruce has been fooled, you know he's been totally fooled. And I, you know, I think the debate that I always have is, I don't think it was that he didn't either believe or not believe. He just hedged his he hedged his bets by I'll give him the gun unloaded and see what he does with it, you know, because if he pulls it on me, then I got my answer. Yeah. (laughs) Now okay, now we have to look for the we look for the because they've been. Actually, writing out some of our subtitles. So let's see what they say about this moment oh, yeah, about the we glass. Didn't, we didn't set this up on the recording. Yes. Speaking, so, speaking of how we don't reference other commentaries on our commentary. There's a funny. There's a funny moment here that's always struck many people as being weird. In that uh, they says, Han says, "Shoot the glass. That's a nasty. <laughs> the oh. knees exploding and then falling on your neck on the oh, glass." Oh God. 
Okay, but, but at least at least he didn't have to live with the pain in his knees for too yeah, long. Yeah, that yeah. is the worst. Fortunately, pain ever. yeah, I'm surprised he ran that many steps. Yeah, I dislocated my knee. So there's a weird little moment here, and movie making it makes sense, but real life it's a little weird. Where where he says she's in Fenster, Fenster, and my German is is not good pronunciation. She's in Fenster, which and then says in English to Carl, shoot the glass, and apparently Carl doesn't get it till he says it in English, except he should understand it in German. So let's see what the subtitles say. Now I've heard some people say that it's not what he's saying, Carl. Let's see what they're telling us. Yeah, speaking German. Damn you, you can't translate it. But I'm 99% sure what he says is something along the lines of, she's in Fenster, which means shoot shoot, shoot window. <laughs> which means shoot window or shoot glass is what it means. And then he says, shoot shoot the glass in English, and Carl gets it. So it's really one of those moments is like, well, but we are in a movie, and uh-huh. it's it's really for American audiences. Yeah, so that, well, which then, we'll do it. But then there was the the thing that happened after that was that we were listening to another. Well, Trey was listening to another commentary where there were there were they apparently like, tried to claim that she's in Fenster means he's, he's barefoot. Not, he's barefoot, which which makes sense. Which now, makes that, sense. That's an explanation that makes sense. However, or, that's clearly not what he's. But saying. But that's not what he's saying. She's in Fenster does not mean he has no shoes. The German word for shoe, by the way, is shoe. Uh, <laughs> so you can pretty much hear that one if someone says shoe. In fact, the English word... Oh, that sucks. Yep, and the, then it goes down yeah. to his feet. It's like, oh, that's why we're yeah. shooting the glass. The, the English word for shoe is actually a German word for shoe. Um, <laughs> strangely enough, you know, what the, uh, you know what the word German word for, uh, for glove is? Hand shoe. <laughs> that's true. Wow. Yeah, hand shoe is a glove in German. But it's also 47 letters long. It is. <laughs> it's yeah. true. Because that German's always a fascinating language to me because it, it's it's made by just taking the words and turning it into a sentence and then taking all the spaces out of it. Mm. I mean, you know, like the like the if you look at Das Boat, you know, they've got the the depth charge and it's called you know depth water meter measure thing. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. literally what the, is the word for for depth meter, depth water meter measure, all with no spaces. Yeah, my my dad has always been fascinated with German because he's like it's. It seems like it's close to English, but but it's then very, they very close to English. then they tweak it around because they're yeah. both Germanic, yeah. But, yeah. It, but then they tweak it around and they shove all the verbs at the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. So you're like, like, okay, so you and me and the dog are gonna do something. I yeah. can't wait till the sentence is <laughs> yeah. over to find out what it is. <laughs> we're gonna oh, we're gonna what? Yeah. <laughs> so. Whoa. Yeah. Poor Alexander Goodenough. <laughs> She looks like she ought to be a midget, the one on the right-hand <laughs> she side. Is, she's reclining in an odd I know, position. but but can't you just picture that she's got the stumpy <laughs> arms and legs? <laughs> <in there? laughs> you stay with your little dwarf friend. I'll <laughs> handle this. Now, this is the... This Here we go. Some, he's losing a lot of blood yeah. here, man. But this is the bit where you're like, oh, he's not a superhero. Yeah. He's a fucking dude. And that's good. That is yeah, that's good, really blood. good blood. That is good blood. Good dark. And you never see rich. Blood. Maybe I'm mistaken, but we never see him actually doing the walking across the glass. Is nope. that right? No. Nope. Well, we see him run, but it's not like featured. We don't like see right, right. Him stepping on the glass. Yeah. Nowadays, it'd be slow motion. Oh, yeah. See the yeah. Just see it go in. <laughs> you would see the it. individual capillaries bursting. Yes, yeah. exactly. You know the CSI. I hate thing. you, modern movie making. Yeah. <laughs> Now he did. They did have, and supposedly, if you look really close, you can see it. I've never bothered to look, but he had, he did have little sandaly feet that they made for him that looked like bare feet. But he actually had some ah. shoes that he, you know, they look like they're painted up for wide shots and things like that to look Ugh. like. But yeah, this is this just makes you just Hello. makes you cringe. Uh, it's funny what man said. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's ballsy of him that, you know, he, he's not saying, by the way, my feet are fucking filled with glass now. Because, first of all, he knows Hans can hear it, so he doesn't want him to let him know that he got to him. 
Um, so he's he's playing it off, but he's not going oh, fuck. But then now the, now the next big revelation, surprise revelation again at the time, that uh, I don't know. I, you tell me if it if it if it pays off if it feels right to you. But his he's in the from he's going to go from this scene. He's going to go into the listen. I want you to tell my wife something, and he goes into this emotional thing about you know <laughs> it's kind of rambling. He doesn't really quite know what he, he's even saying, um, which I don't know. It's like. It's a very daring thing to have, I always thought. That, you know, not only is he like, now he's got glass all on his feet, but, but the fact that he's now about to take my, tell my wife I love her and I wish I'd been more supportive. And you're like, what the hell? Dude, where are you going with this? What, what movie am I watching all of a sudden? The, I got to say, this section and then its payoff at the end, I don't, I don't buy. I'm yeah, not that's there a bit much. It. Yeah. It's so, it's so hammy. It's so 80s. Well, because you're, well, you're also sitting there kind of going, wait. That, it's not your movie. Yeah. Why, yeah. why do you get a payoff? That's part, part of it is like, this is not your movie. And second of all, he's pulling glass out of yeah. his foot. Now, yeah. are, you referring, to, to your are you referring to his sudden B-plot about why he doesn't about, shoot yeah. people yeah. and why yeah. he has a desk job? Okay. I was, I was talking about Bruce Willis' right, right, right. No, I know. speech No, no, no. Yeah. I, 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 was, I, I, I totally hear what you're saying. saying. That does feel a little bit like, I mean, I get it and they do a nice payoff with it and it works, but... I don't like the payoffs. Well, I think you see the payoff coming a mile away. Oh, yeah, But it does feel like... Boy, you packed one too many things yeah. in there. You know, it's like it's like you weren't you weren't quite confident that this movie had enough of a heart as it was. Yeah. If if there was one character B plot to remove, I would say it's yeah. the Bell Johnson. I can't shoot it. But there's a lot that's racist. <laughs> it's interesting. There's a... it's it's actually you know, it would have been worked fine if he if he he could have done it in like one sentence where he just he never he's never, yeah he's just I always I'm always I'm always a big fan of the. It's, oh, that's it's, a short guy. It's more into that's Rick Overton actually. Is there? You see, he, he's also a McTiernan regular. Um, he's also he's, he shows up in uh, in um, Red October. He's the guy in Red October in the in the the second seat of the helicopter going. Oh yeah, I puked all over the radio. <laughs> <laughs> McTiernan for whatever reason has Overton show up and be comic relief guy for one scene in the movie. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm 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 more of a fan of characters who. Don't explain their feelings. Well, you see, when I was seven, my mom was molested by a donkey on the shores of the of the lake. Um, you know, if if Johnson, it might have been p- pulled off where Val Johnson's character just doesn't want to talk about, or you know, doesn't want to on the radio spill yeah. what his backstory is with just the whole like, rest of the department. Listening yeah, why in, you got you know? a desk job? It, you know, if you could play that, it's where, complicated. I'm not going to tell you. It's it's yeah. so terrible. I'm not going to just say it, you know, and let it let us figure fill in the blank. Yeah, yeah, what yeah. the fuck happened? What leave, it, be? leave it to our imagination. This is sort yeah. of an oblique parallel, but I always thought it was funny how people always make fun of Friends, and then you know, sure enough, another a number of other sitcoms. Did one of the set guys draw a star in blood on the wall there? <laughs> did you guys see I that? Didn't see that? It's I, next to the next to the cabinet next to him on the left. I wonder. I wonder if it would have been like you say if it. Like it, it feels like maybe it's the wrong way to do it, but but to to keep that that moment in, it's like, um, it, you don't. Well, I I don't know if maybe it'd, it'd be wrong to put it at the end of the movie because then you're leaving this dangling thing where you're like, oh, I hope he gets therapy. But because <laughs> what if it? Because what if it was a, a thing guy. with with Reginald Bell Johnson where he, he asks him and he's like, I I don't like to talk about it, and then he he like saves his life and he's like. Damn! Why did? Why are you off the the thing? He's like, because I fucking shot a kid once, and I don't like shooting people. And then it's the, so, <laughs> so oh, god damn like, it! Yeah. <laughs> so so then it's like that. Uh, that's almost a more interesting way to do it because you don't see that coming. But then you're like, um, <laughs> this <laughs> is awkward. Yeah. Oh, wow. 
You kill a kid? kid? <laughs> I yeah. thought you were a nice guy. Damn. Yeah, damn. Well, we can't be friends anymore. It's not because you're black. Yeah. It's because you killed a kid. Yeah. So it's, it, it seems live like, with it. It yeah. seems like <laughs> while, while the actual main plot, all of Bruce Willis's stuff, is really, it's very realistic, it's very grounded, it's all very justified and believable, some of the other stuff, not so much. The The FBI agents, while it's good and it's funny, it's definitely more cartoonish. Uh-huh. Than every than everything that's going on inside the building, and the same thing with Reginald Val Johnson's well, B plot. While not cartoonish, it's still very after school special. Well, I I, I, <laughs> yeah. I would almost I, in 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 terms of like Devil's Advocate, maybe maybe that's intentional in the sense where they're like everyone outside the building thinks it's, they're in an action movie, and McLean's yeah. in there going, "Dude, no, seriously, yeah. it's not like that, you guys. Yeah, that's not how it works. Yeah, it's a." <laughs> Really being in an action movie sucks. Yeah, it's very different. <laughs> you guys are watching an action movie from down there. Yeah, exactly. I'm in one. <laughs> That's and a, it if, bites. That, if that was done on purpose, and I, I could buy that explanation, mm-hmm. that would be very, very smart on their part. Just to contrast, yeah. to make as much of the juxtaposition as you possibly can between this is what you may think it is, and this is what it would really be. Yeah. Uh, Where do you get all that newspaper from? I think that the the... Bathrooms being, a star, was a star. The bathroom's, I told you. The bathroom's being remodeled. It's ah. not finished construction. Gotcha. So they so they put down uh, they put down b- newspaper for the pigeons that fly in. They're painting and they're, oh, they're fair enough, routing yeah. and stuff. Uh oh. Yeah. Oh, here's tell his, my wife I love her. So here's your here's just tell me, my wife which, I said hello. Yeah. He's got the complexion of a finely roasted turkey. Yes. <laughs> by this point, yeah. Look at that beautiful sweaty man. What he's, what? he's done to a turn and ready to serve. Stick a fork in him. He's done. Mm. Just McTiernan him around on a rotisserie. <laughs> and... yeah. Two hours of McTiernan. <laughs> now, McTiernan, speaking of it, now, this... hey, I actually like this to the extent where he's like, look, it's probably better if you tell her because if I try, yeah. I'll fuck it up yeah. and argue with her. Well, Justice Dunn are like, how, how in the hell am I even going to get all this down? Yeah. But, but I guess I, the answer to my question is now kind of being self-evident because this is one take. Uh-huh. And I think that's the answer. To my question, this is you know the reason that they they you know they just thought okay well there's 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 the moment and we're not going to break it up you know they like one one cut away but it's good but you know he's like either go well we're we going to commit to having a moment like that and just you know does she does does the movie do we buy that moment or not yeah you're just you know? watching and you're like well that's goddamn acting is yeah. what that is yeah. so we I, we really owe it to him to put it in there I give him I give him mad props for for. Having that that scene in there, right. whether it's not successful or not, you know, it can be debated. But uh, I go like, wow! It's just, in the middle of everything else, the guy was like, okay, let me just talk about how I realized that I've been kind of that a douchebag, yeah. a husband. But but to be fair, I mean, again, this is a this is a uh, cliche now where he's like, tell my wife I love her. Yeah. But but back then, Two days before Die Hard, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Was was that a thing, or was it like, wow, this it movie's was, got heart, man? It was it was it was sort of I. Th- as I recall, and I'm not certainly not a historical expert of, of the movies, um, I think it had felt like something that you'd see in like a melodrama, like in a 40s or 50s. Like you know, I'm going to take that hill, and I'm probably not coming back. But you oh, tell yeah, my I wife, you yeah. know, that it would play, be played at that level. Um, it, I don't remember seeing much of it in like 70s movies. It was much more like guys were just iron jawed, like tough guy. Um, it was kind of surprising to see, you know, this this happen in this character in this movie at the time. It's like wow, he just kind of suddenly he started to get all like weepy and shit. That was weird. I've never seen that in a movie. But that is, I mean, like you're saying, that is gutsy because he's like, I'm trying to be the action star and blah blah blah, and then he's got this 
if played wrong, this totally emasculating yeah. scene. And it's again, right it's, before they lead into Act Three. Yeah, it's what it's what so many attempted imitators missed. You know that they just didn't get what made Die Hard so popular. You know, you can you can fill a movie with car crashes and explosions, and and you know that they're big enough. You can you can do okay, but it doesn't have the you know twenty years later. Oh, Die Hard is just the most awesome. You know, I'm still quoting that movie. You know, who's who's quoting Spider Man Three? Yeah. <laughs> you know, or whatever. You know, fill in the blank with a name. I quoted in my loathing of it. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Now, McTiernan, Mr. John McTiernan, who, as we already talked about, we were recording, we talked about how Predator was before this, right? Yes, right. just and before. Now, October after. Yeah, Predator was, was quite a revolution, revelation as well. It's like, whoa, that movie's pretty awesome. I like uh, how he stops. He's like, the roof is wired to... Yeah. What could it be yeah. wired to? Yeah. <laughs> Gee, wired to dance? I what is it? I didn't get the rest it's of it. It's wired to a gumdrop yeah. machine. Yeah. Yeah. You couldn't have said blow just... Two more, two and a half second to tell us what's going on. So. I, that would have been amazing. He gets the yeah. he gets the the thing in his cheek. The roof was wired to blow. <laughs> <laughs> he says it anyway. Yeah, wired to. <laughs> that would have been kind of badass to do that. That would have been funny. The roof was wired to gun to the head, explode. They've got a timer yeah. and uh, fuck, shoot me anytime, motherfucker. That's what you're here for. I had that happen to me in school. My phone rang and the principal was walking by. He just walks over and I was like. I'm busted anyway, so I just like yeah, just the one finger. On I was like, just give me a second, just give me a second. <laughs> so here, here in this scene, you can play spot the stunt double um, if you want, but you know, I found one. Oh, yeah, that's, that's there's Angeles. one. Never mind. <laughs> so McTiernan, um, now Which Predator, but call me Predator was was quite a revelation too. Predator was like, hey, that movie is pretty pretty awesome. And uh, Steve Johnson worked on Predator, um, and uh, as did a few other people, and, and a few friends of mine worked on uh, Die Hard Three. Oh which, shit. Yeah, yeah. Now, this is oh. when he figures it out. Yeah, here's the here's the whoopsie. A friend of mine worked on Die Hard Three, and and McTiernan is um is not a is not an easy guy to get along with. If you're <laughs> he's a tough guy, and uh, ooh push pull. Yeah, nice. One. I loved I loved that that moment. His his performance there is the moment that I loved the most in yeah. the movie. Just now, with the camera and everything is like, oh, he's gonna have down. such ear damage though that he actually like pulled the gun. It was right next to his head when he fired that gun. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like that's poor gun handling. It really is. <laughs> But um, but McTiernan is a tough guy, and uh, you know. He's, Do you know the nature of his tough guyness? He's he's just you know he doesn't uh, he's a he's an old school cigar chomping type of you know yeah sissy boy don't be you know complaining on my set. Um, there's something more than one person from more than one movie has referred to something that they call the McTee freeze, which <laughs> which is where if you say something that displeases him, like all right, so you're gonna be ready to do the thing with the car jumping over, and you go. Um, Al, actually, John, we, we're going to be, um, I'm not sure we're going to be ready by 5 p.m. And, and there's a thing called the McTee freeze, because McTee is this nickname, um, where he just, he won't say anything, he won't do anything, he'll just look at you <laughs> until you want to die. <laughs> he'll just keep looking at you with this look on his face like, Someday I will kill you. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it now. Yeah, but as soon as we're alone, there's witnesses right now. But he just, just it's like people who people who experience the McTee freeze just say that oh you don't ever want to have that twice <laughs> in your life because it's just like just like time stops you know and everyone's like no one wants to say anything and it's just like how long does this go on? He's just gonna look at me, and we're just all gonna stand here while he looks at me. Um, Steve Steve Johnson said that he got a McTee freeze that literally he said 
McTiernan finished his had a half a cigarette, <laughs> finished the cigarette. The freeze continued through an entire half a cigarette, and then threw the cigarette on the ground, stomped it out, froze a little bit longer, and then finally turned and walked away. It's <laughs> <laughs> so, like an Olympic caliber McTee freeze, apparently, that one. Was it one drag? I hope it was one yeah, long Yeah, we smoked an entire cigarette in one drag. <laughs> Well, that, was, that, that that little kick there definitely uh, showed the the editing Edit trick yes. of dropping yeah. a frame to make it look harder. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But back then they were really editing film, so I, I mean that's a that's yeah, I gotta could, say you gotta you gotta respect the editors of these days who wait, are like dropping I'm a frame gonna, to make it look harder. If you if you if you're um, doing like a fight scene where you've got someone punching someone or whatever, like basically right at the point of contact, you kind of pull it. You want it? Well, no, you no, you, you, to, you do you it. Speed but, it up. Well, but no, but right, what you right what you want to do right when they're about to pull their punch, you just skip that part. No, so. no. Well, well, they they don't pull. Like if you're doing it properly, they're following through. That's just not connecting. And if if you've got a pretty good reaction going on, you know they've they've tweaked their head to the side or whatever. If you drop one frame just about at the point of contact, as opposed to them throwing their head to the side, it looks like it snaps to the side. And yeah. it makes it look much more forceful. Because otherwise you can see where the person – you can kind of make out more easily where the person is reversing their own head direction. Yeah. As opposed to if – some, if something hits your head, your head instantly moves in the other direction yeah. as opposed to actually slowing down and going back the other way. So. And in fact, it's it's actually diff- something I've noticed uh, – it's difficult for people. A lot of times, they'll actually swing their head towards the towards, towards where they're where getting the hit, coming, yeah. so that they can give it much more yeah. force. You can sell it the other direction, yeah. So they now have, this is this is awesome. I mean, this is again, they're really doing this. They're, they're yeah. flying gunships down Century Boulevard and Little Santa Monica. This is the kind of movie you well, want. Well, this to be is in this on. is that's, well, that's interior, but no, this is for yeah. real. Yeah, that's interior is a, yes, interior is is a process shot. But I mean, the rest of the time, they're they're doing this. They're they're blazing. See, when you're 20th Century Fox, <laughs> and you know you're shooting the movie in Century City because it's okay, this ma- is where that 28 million went. By yeah. the way, that, the, these kinds of shots. Yeah. You know, the reason- Holy shit, it's Century City because it's 20th Century Fox. <laughs> it used to be the backlot. Never, ever got that. Century City used to be the Fox yeah. backlot. Wow, that blew yeah. my mind just now. I yeah. feel like a douchebag. So there you go. So when you're the company, when you're the company right, that no, basically I'm, I'm owns okay. Century City, you can, when you want to shoot a movie in Century City, you can do some hellacious stuff. <laughs> you know. So we want to have uh, gunships fly up over uh, Fox. Well, of course, Fox Plaza is is their their own property, but um, it's not like Fox still owns Century City, but they still a city have a named co- after us. We want to blow shit up on our own. They property. have a lot of control cool. over that area, and and of yeah, course that's cool. where their studio is also. So so I mean you know you can you can cut some corners. You can get some permits to do some things. I want to read those permits. I do yeah. too. I was just thinking. I wonder how bizarre the person that, like the clerk that handled all the like. You want to cut down a red? <laughs> now of course they think he's the bad guy. Yeah, but. And well Another played. good reversal there. Yeah, that was an interesting. I was going to say that, that match shot. That that match shot. I, I'm pretty sure that 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 match shot. That match shot was always the most notoriously not good match shot in uh-huh. the whole movie. And I swear that's been cleaned up. That someone has mm-hmm. snuck in and digitally cleaned that up for this DVD. Here, of course, coming up is the famous scene where the guy gets clouded on the head by a sizable rock as he runs down the stairs. <laughs> enough that should put him to his knees and preferably in a coma. And he just keeps on running because, of course, it's not a real rock. Um, but you'll see it. It's a guy. It's a guy. I think the whole time, what the fuck? Yeah, he's the, the, the next shot of what people, am I doing? The next shot of people running down the stairs. You can pretty plainly see a guy get clouded by a rock. That you know, <laughs> if any of us got hit by that rock, we we would not I, keep running. I think downstairs. that's my favorite part. Not the bit where he says, "What the fuck are you doing?" But the bit where he's al- he already before he's even started really doing it, he's yeah. like, "What the fuck? Yeah, what he's, am I about?" to he's do? He's already thinking about <laughs> doing it. He knows he's going to be doing it. <laughs> 
he's not, it's interesting because it's not he's not psyching himself up for it per yeah. se. Yeah. But he's he's psyching himself up not to talk himself out of it. Yeah, he's yeah. psyching himself out is what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Please don't let me die. <laughs> well, I think one way or the other, the odds are not in your favor. Yeah, right? exactly. Bam! There it is. There you Woo-hoo! go. Ooh. Now, now a lot of the miniature pyro was done uh, oh, by... Oh, did they do that shit just then? Yeah, by Boss Film. Boss Film did some miniature building stuff. Um, but they actually, you know, they actually roughed up Fox Plaza pretty well, too. Uh, yeah, it wouldn't have stuck. Ooh. That would have flipped right over. No, yeah. But it's all right. <laughs> now, this that scene, that shot always freaks me out. That he, yeah, Now he's hanging outside the glass, and he's trying to you know, kick through. Like, oh, that's a desperate man. Oh, more glass. Oh! Now, there's a continuity thing here where he he starts out facing, you know, he's facing forward, but then he's, he's like, changing position where he's on his back, he's on his front. But, you know, at this point... Oh, shit. Yeah, this is beautifully constructed little bit of action suspense here. But it's a great uh, great bit. Yeah, it's like... There's there's a real reaction. Yeah. That's a realistic reaction. Like, oh, (laughs) I can't believe that shit just happened just there. I can't believe that went down. I didn't even. I wasn't looking for the rock. Did I miss the rock? It's uh, it was it's it's when the people were all running down the stairs. I think they've I think they've already had the shot. This is definitely a stunt double when you see this guy turn profile. It's like that's not even close to Bruce Willis. That's that's Bonnie Bedelia in that in that pool there. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's that guy. I went I went to school with that guy. Whoever that is. But this is great when you when you build a whole set for a movie, then you blow it to smithereens. Yep. That rule still hasn't changed. Yeah, because well, because you have to destroy it anyway. So you have to you get rid of it well somehow. It on camera. Yeah, I can't wait to have enough money to do. That. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Comes up screaming. One of, the, one of the other little jokes here too, where the elevator just goes bing and then blows, uh-huh. <laughs> just explodes. <laughs> That's <laughs> funny. Usually the fire gets off on the third floor. Yeah, <laughs> that was nice. The way the subtitles helpfully said "ding" for us. Yeah, <laughs> that was great. I love how he's just he's screaming profanities like, yeah, just, this just, whole place is losing fuck! its goddamn mind. <laughs> yeah, fuck. Because that's what you I feel like. No, but now here's the, now here's not, not only this, we're not going to freeze frame it, but not only is there magically now an ambulance in the back of that truck, but I think ambulance is misspelled on the side of this ambulance. <laughs> I think that's a bit of trivia. You have to look for it real quick, but you have to freeze frame it. But it's literally like the word is not. It's, if it's not an ambulance, it's another word. Is oh, and that's like the only shot you could tell if you froze frame that shot. It's like. Which might be deliberate, you yeah, know. That's why they first framed the shot. It yeah. might be deliberate. It might be. It might be that you know the they they tried to spell it. They're right, German so, you know. and they just kind of you know. We, well, it's not like it needs to be perfect. We're just going to make our getaway in it. So you know, just get the right ambulance on the side. Nobody's going to be looking at the spelling of yeah. The, the ambulance is going to be with gonna, the building. Trust destroyed. me, there's going to be lots of ambulances. How, how, yeah. How are they going to? Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant outside the, the movie. It's like how are they going to freeze frame through it? <laughs> They can't. They can't take it home with yeah. them. Come on. No, I meant people who freeze frame yeah. through it can determine that the person yeah. spelled wrong on the ambulance for some strange reason. <laughs> the slow crawl. Yeah. I don't. Know, what's he doing here? <laughs> Hans is now. There, there's a. a oh. Oh. Yeah. Hey. So there you go. It's 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 Los Angeles. Something's something spelled wrong on the side, as I recall, is the story. But uh, I was like the continuity thing. You can see the the sparks come out where the the battery is obviously blasting away. There. See the uh-huh. battery is shorting out. Nice. And yet he manages to continue to drive this car through the rest of the movie. Pow, uh, yeah. yeah. Bing. Yeah. The only two black guys in, in the whole exactly. movie, and of course, they have to fight. Exactly, because otherwise it'd be racial. Yeah. Were they speaking French just then? That's what it looked like. What, what's the Allez, he is saying Allez. Yeah. So, allez, yeah. Allez, je vais. Because yeah. so, I think that guy is French. It's a multinational terrorist group. Oh. <laughs> That's just... 
Yeah, it doesn't even have to be true. It's just the the way to get away. With, oh, because that guy's French. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. Ale. <laughs> so this is great. She hasn't seen him until now. You know, it's like last time he was in the bathroom. He was toweling off two hours ago, three hours ago, and now it's like, well, he's had a bad night. How was your day? Yeah. Holy shit! You know. Her reaction is really nice. Here, he's a she, whole different person. Now. She's like, yeah, he's like, wow, he's he's not even our species anymore. I don't know what he's made of. But uh, is that blood that he's trailing? Yeah, he's, he's leaking blood all over the place. I think it's just scraped off dust. Never mind, that's yeah. not even. But it should be blood. Yeah, it should be. He should just be like pooling blood. John McClane should have more blood than most people do, just so we can lose some of it and be back. Because <laughs> he's going to be going through a lot of it. John McClane starts every movie kind of swollen because he loses two quarts on any given day. <laughs> yeah, they 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 overinflate him a little bit. So here's the final here's the final little payoff and it's a they actually there's like 17 more payoffs to come in this movie but this yes. payoff it's like the return it's not, of the king it's not of terrorism payoffs. it's just to make them think that that it is <laughs> so that they can steal money and my one little realistic real world quibble is he's so sweaty and grimy that I can't believe the tape is sticking to him at this point <laughs> that's my one complaint about this but story wise it works just fine for me it works just great so we've established that he's got he's only got two bullets left for his for his pistol, he seems to have given up. And she's like, "What the fuck is going on?" <laughs> Motherfucker. Yeah. Now this, of course, is always a risk when you start doing the. I'm going to try and get the bad guy to laugh by laughing. Uh-huh. I'm going to make him think I've lost my mind now. That. <laughs> <laughs> You think the other guy would have seen this? Yeah, he, he I, is standing right next a, to him. Yeah, well, he's a little three quarters, so uh-huh. I'm hoping, we're hoping that he gets away with it. The guy looks so much like Huey Lewis, but isn't. And one and two. Whoa. Yeah, <laughs> right in the head. Yippee! And this way is the payoff. <laughs> Yippee! <K-A. laughs> Cowboy man. Yeah. Uh-oh. Oh, don't, oh. Don't, don't let go, Jack. Yeah. No, Jack, no. Jack, now's, now's a good time to let go. Jack, yeah. Jack, don't let go. Another great line from douchebag. Now, hope that's not a hostage. <laughs> okay, so now, we will get the shot here. The one that they reuse in Die Hard with a Vengeance, which is a great... Oh, of though. him dropping? Do they yeah. use it again? Now, now the story goes that, of course, he's dropping into a green screen. This is, again, a boss film optical, the final drop. He's dropping, but he's dropping quite a distance. He's dropping at least 10 you know, feet. That's back. a really good mad shot. Yeah. They look great. Back look at that. that now, the, the idea oh, yeah. is, here's this, this reaction is supposedly real because he was actually scared to death to do this yeah. stunt. So it's just kind of like, okay, yeah. and ready, Ackman? Three, two, whoops, we seem to have let you go early. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, look how long the shot goes on. He, that's a hell of a drop into a, like a green airbag or whatever he's going into to get that wow. one shot. And this and is that, a, that, that's not him. This is but. a Dar Robinson uh, wirefall or somebody doing a wirefall, I believe. Which is wirefalls pretty impressive. Wire, wirefall was fairly new technology at the time. It's so. pretty good. I mean, so you, it just drops you at like half speed. It's a descender. Yeah, it, it, no, it, it drops you full speed and then stops you at yeah. a certain. But you don't height. you don't accelerate. It, it's and that's the one thing that'll give away. You can tell from that he's not accelerating on the way down. He sort of reaches a speed right. and then stays constant. So if you want to sit there, well, with Germans it. have a very low terminal velocity. <laughs> they <track>. certainly yeah. <laughs> do. They certainly do. That's racist. But too. they they have they have things now like they'll put them on uh, uh, for. To get pl- like falling plates and stuff, they they have a camera descender that can literally just drop the thing yeah. and then like this far from the ground just go. Hey! Yeah, it'll it'll fall at gravity speed. Yeah. It's pretty impressive love stuff. Technology. And you, just, you just you just hope it works. That's yeah, really exactly. Because <laughs> I've got a device that'll make something fall at gravity speed too. It's that last part I'm still working <laughs> on. 
It's called a ladder. Yeah. I just take a step it's, off. It's called it's called the Fox, I haven't developed Fox excellent Plaza. slowing down technology. Now this is it took me quite a while and maybe it's just it's so ridiculously obvious, but this is LA's version of snow. That's what they're giving <laughs> us here at the end. This is snow this is Christmas in LA. That's funny. Is, yeah, but again, <laughs> post nine eleven. Not heartwarming in any <laughs> sense. <laughs> well, so many things mean different things after nine eleven. Carl Veljohn, original Bell Johnson. Yeah, gay. he was Carl I Winslow. Don't, I, I yeah. don't know what's going on. Yeah, why is Uh-oh. it black man staring at me? Yeah, <laughs> he's scaring me. He's wearing a uniform, and he but looks like he's lit old. for a Drew Struzan painting. Yes. But that's beside the point. I've had a long tough day. Why is there a black dude staring at me? Yeah, I'm new in town. What's going on? What's this mean, Holly? <laughs> Wrong Fuck. coast. Fuck what are the California. what are the what are the signals around here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What kind of what kind of hand gesture like, should I make? I had no idea you were black. I'm Yeah, exactly. I had no idea you weren't. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> now we're friends. Yeah. We're the magic of life. walkie-talkies. Poor Buddy Bedelia is over there going, this I don't understand magic. anything that's happening yeah. right now. <laughs> what, what? This what? just got real weird. What's going on? Holly's like, is there something you want to tell yeah. me? Yeah. So that, those weren't no, fishing what, trips what, what after him, all, were what they? What should have just happened was he's like, Al, this is my wife, Holly. She'd be like, Al, this is, who's Al? Yeah. I'm just, I'm smiley. They just I call me smiley. I, I like hugs. In, I wasn't in that part of the movie. You got to explain. I need backstory. And, the, and then, of course, the little moment where she's like, I'm Holly McLean. Yeah. That's, that's the same as, I, I don't know. Maybe this was a, a diehard thing, but it's the same as, you know, those movies where they refuse to call him dad until the very yeah, end and yeah. shit like that. I'm. Yeah. I'm not down with that. Yeah, that's it's it's, it's that's Ferris. That that's one of my few yeah. little yeah exactly one of my few little quibbles is I thought that was a little too on the nose when uh-huh. she goes Holly McLean. That's fine. It wasn't overplayed though th- yeah. in this one. They, I'll they, give it they back. certainly could have done it so much worse. Yeah, but the Jesus just shot him in the in the, the el- shoulder. shot him in the elbow and it put him down for some reason. That's he must be using must those, have self-destruct using those dumb dumb bullets. However, I have to say that the again the great reversal of expectation that I think works perfectly is the final one that's coming up where, where William Atherton finally gets. The final, uh-huh. the final moment. That's a great bit. <laughs> oh, live with it. He was German and evil. Come on. <laughs> That's a, yeah. For, and an expat. Knock that shit off. Well, of course, in real life, he was Russian. He was a Russian ballet dancer who defected yeah. and then drank himself to death. <laughs> yeah. Now, why they don't blow this car up? Now he's like, I'll with, shoot everything. Yeah. Yeah. I'll shoot whatever. Why, yeah. the, why the cops don't. You're right. They should have attacked the, the car. Co- the cops would have put 10,000 bullets yeah. into that car. Man, when you got a gun, everything looks like a German. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now here's the final thing, and a great, a great reversal of expectation because you just know he's gonna slug John. Oh, oh. oh. why? What do you know? It was Body Bedelia who hit him. <laughs> Which they turned into a huge subplot in the second movie, just because it was there to be used. But look, Brian, it's New York snow. Oh, uh, too soon. Oh, fuck off. It's been eight years. <laughs> statute, in, in the internet age, the statute of limitations is about nine years. Yeah. yeah. As soon as it's off yeah, the it's... trending topics on Twitter, it's fair game. Well, there's a... Yo, wow. Okay, then. Yeah, well, there's, there's... Really? That's no, really fast. No. Yeah. <laughs> That's really fast. Well, it, it, you, you do have to recognize... You have to recognize that there are... There's the World Trade Center there's in the background. Such, there's such... Yeah. It's at the Twin Towers of Century City. Um, you have to recognize that there is such a thing as ratios. Um, eight years ago is approximately, what, more than a third of your life? <laughs> I, I still own the same socks as I had eight years ago. <laughs> I'm in the same house with the same cat using the same silverware. <laughs> you know, It's like eight years ago? That was, that's, yeah, there's a, there is Wilhelm von Hongbug. Wilhelm von Hongbug. He, he even von gets Hongbug. the last before that the, the, the break. That is the Germanist name of all time. That's about time. the Germanist name you could possibly Wilhelm have. Wilhelm von Hongbug. 
So, all right, Brian, Gail Die Hard. Come on, it's Die Hard, man. It's Die it's Hard. Die what hard. are you gonna do? It's Die Hard. Yeah. See, it was Kim Allen. See, I even know the name of the Playboy Playmate. Go, get, <laughs> go figure. Yeah, who's surprised? So Michael. Uh, uh, yeah, that's Die Hard. What are you gonna say? <laughs> I mean, really? I mean, what what can you say? It's Die Hard. Trey, and is this or is this not rolls. Die Hard? It is, this is indeed uh, Die Hard, starring Harvey Johnson. <laughs> Harvey Johnson. Harvey Johnson. Harvey Johnson. There really is. I Harvey mean, it's it's, it's it's. I think I think the only reason that we we even did a commentary for Die Hard was just to go well so we got that out of the way yeah, yeah. because what else are you going to say really no, no. it's a good Christmas movie what it's do you want an, it's an excellent because we needed a Christmas movie that was really oh, good who reason. wants to be the UPM for Die Hard <laughs> yeah that's going to suck what I have to go up to the roof and throw more paper off god <laughs> <laughs> just, okay whatever anyway yeah. it's it's just again it's to see it now it's like to so much of it you kind of go oh okay holy well, shit yeah. I was a camera operator hey yeah, nice look. job hey. thank you Nice job, Mike Scott. I, I, that was before I, you took on Dork Manager professionally. That was before I took on Dork Man and before I was six. So <laughs> you were, you were. What can I say? I was a wunderkind. You were, I guess. But don't say that in front of Carl Winslow because they shoot me. Were you the one? You like went in the ventilation? Shaft <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was, was the you. one in there. I was the camera operator. Just in the ventilation crawling shaft. backwards because I couldn't walk yet. Um, yeah. <laughs> can we agree not to do this as a franchise and just say, "Yep, we did Die Hard. That's it." I think. I think we. Maybe. I think we've, I think we've already. I think we've already established that we're not wild. You know, for various reasons. The rest are not that great to to look at. So well, two isn't well, but, but that's see, yeah. But, but that's three is thing. three is less important than two. Uh, three blah, is like blah, you know. Blah. I don't know. I'm I'm not a hundred percent on throwing moratoriums on content for the show. <laughs> so <laughs> yes, exactly. So I'm not I'm not entirely willing to say absolutely no. I, but, yeah, I'll, but we'll, I, I think we'll, I'll watch fun. a bad movie, but I like the idea that you know is it going to get better if we watch the next three of them? It's know, worth it's worth taking enjoy some time the experience off, and have a it's worth taking some time off. The next yeah. episode will not be Die Hard two. Yeah. No. It'll be a little while. But I think it would be fun for me and Trey to go at it for Die Hard yeah. 2. For two movies. <laughs> Die Hard 2 yeah, and 3. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, so you could be like, oh, so, so this movie actually sucks less than the other. That's yeah. what you're saying. Just yes, break into a exactly. sword fight halfway through. Dun, 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 dun. As always, this has been Down in Front. Thank you very much for listening. And you can find every episode we've done so far on our website, downinfront.net, or you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Get a brand new delivery to you every single week. Find us on Twitter at twitter.com slash downinfront. Facebook, probably the same thing. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> for my friends, I am Mr. T. Chris. UPKA Melon Farmers. <laughs> and seriously, people, if you want to know what this t- commentary was all about, if we need to tell you why you should be watching Die Hard, then we don't want to know you. And you don't deserve to watch Die Hard. Fuck out of here. You don't get no Die Hard. So, but this is Dan in front saying, thank you very much. Fuck off. Fuck off. Motherfucker. UPKA. Happy trails. Ciao. Ciao. <laughs> <laughs> TrendsInYourHead.com